I'd like to call this meeting to order, please. We have a lot of people here today. Uh, he's coming up. Mickey's coming up. Chip's coming up. Dale's coming up. No, stay. <laughs> stay here. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing, Dale? Good. You look good and bleached. Yep. And you got a lot of certificates today, right? I know. I saw that. I get to use your filament? You do. Actually, we'll use <laughs> and by the way, Mr. Mayor, I am here. Okay, good morning, everybody. Can I have a seat, please? I know, I might have to. I might have to. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, Mayor Sharif is not here today. Um, don't cry for her, though. She's in Argentina. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the pledge. First of all, is Senator, Senator Geller, are you on the phone? I am. Can okay. you hear me? Yes. So you can be standing up and say the pledge with us, okay? I am standing, sir. Mr. Marco, would you set us off? Sure. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Thank you. And it's a tradition that we recognize the men and women that uh, serve our country, both here and abroad. And we also like to recognize those people in our community. Uh, commissioners, are there any people you'd like to recognize? Commissioner Lamarca? It has been quite a while since we last met. Um, and unfortunately, some passings to, uh, to recognize. Uh, the first is um, a few weeks ago, uh, there was a, an accident in Fort Lauderdale and uh, a good friend of our community, John May, lost his wife, Elaine. Um, was also uh, a single car accident in Tallahassee uh, and a neighbor lost their son, uh, Maxwell uh, Conway who was a Florida State student, and he was graduating in May. Um, and finally, uh, one of our past mayors in my house point, Leo Bentz, lost his uh, wonderful wife, Mary, who was a very uh, active and inspirational member of our community, uh, was probably one of the very first uh, leaders and women in uh, accounting and mathematics, and uh, came down and ran a ski school with... Uh, with Leo uh, in North Miami Beach uh, years ago and uh, remained a, a very active member of our community in Lighthouse Point, so if we could think of their families. Any others? Thank you. Northwest Broward uh, lost a, a school advocate, Julie Hurst, a 53-year-old mom of three children who was very involved in all the schools up in uh, Carl Springs and Parkland. <coughs> Unfortunately, passed away this past week, and I'd ask you to keep her in your prayers. Okay. So let's have a moment of silence for anybody, anyone else? Okay. Thank you. We had a couple of special song selections today. We had Imagine, uh, Commissioner Rich picked Imagine by John Lennon, and What the World Needs Now is Love by, was it by Jackie DeShannon? That's what I thought so. 
<laughs> good, good reason to do it, good reason to do it. Okay, uh, we have a lot of proclamations and a lot of uh, uh, big agendas, so we're going to try to move this along here today. Uh, the first uh, proclamation we have today has to do with Sexual Assault and Child Abuse Awareness Month. And if uh, these people could join Commissioner uh, Rich at the podium, Neva Rainford-Smith from the Lead Sex Crimes Prosecutor. She is a, the Lead Sex Crimes Prosecutor for the State Attorney's Office. Eva Duidwan. Uh, with Child Abuse Services Manager with the Ch uh, Broward County School Board, Bridget Schneiderman, Broward Victims Rights Coalition, Cassandra Phillips, Circuit Director for the Guardian Ad Litem Office, Kim Campbell, Director of Broward County Human Services Department, Mandy Wells, Director of Broward County Community Partnerships Division, Anna Ferrer, Section Manager, Nancy J. Cotterman Center, and Miriam Furpo Jimenez from the Nancy J. Cotterman Center. And maybe, Commissioner, you can let us know why we're all wearing blue jeans. Okay. Because they're comfortable. Okay. No. okay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you all for being here on this uh, for this uh, very special proclamation. You know, I spent this week in Tallahassee, and I would have to say that this is a very difficult session, especially for the most vulnerable people in our communities. But some good things are taking place. Broward's own new state senator, Lauren Book and State Representative, former County Commissioner Kristen Jacobs, chaired a moving event in recognition of sexual, National Sexual Assault Awareness Month. The program, Walk In My Shoes, helps to raise awareness and shatter stigma around sexual violence. More than 250 physical shoes and 500 paper shoes were submitted by survivors and those affected by sexual violence, and they were all in this exhibit in the rotunda in the Capitol. The idea, though, came right from uh, Broward County, from the Nancy J. Cotterman Sexual Assault Treatment Program. It's something that they have used many times, and it was transferred up to Tallahassee, and as I said, incredibly ex uh, special. The experience is shared by a number of very young victims were so emotional and moving. So I am honored today to have this esteemed group of people in our community who care so much about some of the most vulnerable people in our community. Uh, we have uh, Neva Rainford-Smith, uh, lead sex crimes uh, for the state attorney's office. Eva Dudon, child abuse services manager, Broward County School Board. Uh, Bridget Schneiderman, Broward Victims' Rights Coalition. Cassandra Phillips, circuit director of the Guardian and Litem office. And of course, Kim Campbell and Mandy Wells, right here from our own uh, Broward uh, County uh, Human Service Director, Kim Campbell and Mandy Wells, Director of Community Partnerships Division. And last but not least, um, the, uh, the people who uh, work so hard for our own Nancy J. Cotterman Center, Anna Ferrer, Section Manager, and uh, Miriam Furpo Jimenez of the Nancy J. Cotterman Center. Uh, and I would like to take the opportunity to read this proclamation. We have one for each of you, but I will just read, just read one. Okay. Whereas Broward County is home to over 1.8 million men, women, and children who deserve to live and grow in healthy, nurturing, and safe environments free from threats of violence and harm, and whereas it is a community effort to stand up for children and against violence, 
and every adult has a role in the prevention of both child abuse and sexual assault. And whereas both sexual violence and violence against children affect everyone in Broward County, whether as a victim, survivor, family member, significant other, neighbor, or coworker, and whereas raising awareness, education, and community involvement are the tools to prevent sexual violence and child abuse, support survivors, speak up against harmful attitudes and actions, and create a safe environment. And whereas Broward County, the State Attorney's Office, and the Broward Sheriff's Office founded the Nancy J. Cotterman Center in 1977, by the way, this is their 40th anniversary, and to ensure 24-7 to ensure 24 availability of services and justice for victims of sexual violence and child abuse and their non-offending family members, and established the Child Abuse Coordination Committee and the Sexual Assault Response Team to address the systemic issues related to these crimes through a multidisciplinary approach with stakeholders, and whereas the Denim Day, which you see everyone wearing, movement was born in 1999 as a day-long observance dedicated to raising awareness about sexual violence so that victims of sexual assault would not be blamed for their behavior or appearance. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates April 2017 as Sexual Assault Awareness and Child Abuse Prevention Month, and Tuesday, April 25th, 2017, which happens to be my husband's birthday as well, as Denim Day in support of a vision for a violence-free community. Commissioner, would you like to do a big picture up here? I'm going to do a big picture. Commissioners, members of county administration, residents of Broward County, Human Services Department, Community Partnerships Division proudly accepts this proclamation. The Nancy J. Cotterman Center is very thankful for your commitment and ongoing support of child abuse prevention and sexual assault awareness. And as Commissioner Rich just said, 2017 marks the 40th anniversary of the founding of our agency. A really big year for us. So stay tuned for really wonderful things to come throughout the rest of the year uh, into September. Believing and supporting victims of sexual violence and child abuse has been Broward County's commission uh, commitment since 1977 along with our collaborations with the State Attorney's Office and the Broward Sheriff's Office. The central message of this year's campaign is that we believe victims and it is important for everyone to get involved in promoting healthy relationships and encouraging respect for the equality of others. It is a matter of public safety and human rights. Denim Day Broward speaks to the powerful message that we, the community, must stand up, believe and support victims, and speak out to change the culture that questions the actions of victims rather than those of their attackers. Please acknowledge the daily efforts of the NJCC staff over here. 
Everyone, please stand. <laughs> Commissioners, Ms. Henry, these are the folks who, who on a daily basis strengthen and encourage the clients who come to NJCC and provide services last year to more than 4,000 victims of child abuse and sexual violence. That's 4,000 people who walked through our doors. I also want to acknowledge our community partners, some who are here today. Neva and Nancy from the State Attorney's Office, Bridget from the Broward Victims' Rights Coalition, the Broward Sheriff's Office, Broward School Board, Eva, thank you for coming. Um, the friends of the Nancy J. Cotterman Auxiliary Board, thank you so very much for all of your support that you give the NJCC every single day, 24-7. <clears throat> Many are the partners who work with us and support the message that child abuse and sexual violence is no more. The Family Success Centers of Broward County developed these awesome t-shirts for us. Take a look. Everybody, where is everybody? No more. We mean business. No more sexual abuse or physical abuse of our kids. So today, the following organizations also join NJCC in expressing support for victims to speak and be silent no more by proudly wearing their denim. And some of these are Port Everglades, Broward County Transit, Nova Southeastern University, the Greater Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau, law enforcement municipalities, CCLE, Family Success Administration, and I believe that there are very many folks. Would you all stand, those of you who are wearing denim ribbon or denim in support of Denim Day? Thank you, Solomon. Thank you. Thank you. So, in, in closing, um, I know I, I have someone here who, who I would like to speak with you, and I'd like to give her some time. But I just, I just want to close by saying thank you for giving us the opportunity one more time to follow our hearts and our passion in the work we do every single day. We are grateful to you for your vision and mission of protecting children and families, victims of child abuse and sexual violence. Your actions model on a daily basis how we can all contribute to a society that works to prevent and respond to sexual assault and child abuse. And so I'd like to bring forward Alicia. Can you give us a couple of words? Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Alicia, and I'm a therapist at the Nancy J. Cotterman Center. And I wanted to share a personal story. Um, Four years ago, I had moved to Florida and um, to embark on a new journey for a PhD program in the marriage and family therapy. Three months into my move to Florida, I experienced an act of sexual violence. Um, two months after that, I was hired by the Nancy J. Cotterman Center, and I actually thought it was a domestic violence position, but it turned out to be a position um, advocating against survivors of sexual violence. It wasn't until I started going through the training that I really realized uh, how much of a victim I was in that act. And so I went through the different processes of uh, feeling silent, feeling um, voiceless, 
not being supported by the university, not being supported by just multiple people that I had reached out to at the university. And so it, it's been a journey. Um, most people at the office probably know me to just walk around, say good morning, be chipper with a smile, but they had no idea that I was going through an experience personally while working at the center. Um, I don't know why things have occurred the way they have, but I do know that this has deepened my empathy and my sympathy for the clients that I work with. I it's not only something that I do clinically with survivors, but I really connect with them in a way where I understand the, the constant struggles of going to law enforcement and sometimes not even being given a room to talk about um, personal matters or being turned away by the university or just different power structures. And so I'm just very grateful for the work that the Nancy J. Cotterman Center does. And this has been the only support system that I've had in Florida and it's, it's helped me immensely. And they continue to push me and stretch me to heal more. And so even in this moment, um, I stand here on behalf of myself and on behalf of other survivors and we will no longer be silent. I'm just here for the photos. I hope you have a good shot of me in my jeans. <laughs> Thank you. Otherwise, I wouldn't show up at a Broward County Gator Club event festival. That's not it. should be on the next
Is one of your staffers? Thank you, everyone, for being here and bringing such a poignant uh, point to that issue. Those are not easy things to talk about in public. Um, our next proclamation has to do with Water Conservation Month, and I'll be presenting this to Lorraine Mayers, and if Lorraine could join me at the podium. Okay, this proclamation has to do with um, water conservation, and we know we've been seeing we've been in quite a dry spell. And I saw um, Laura from your office yesterday, and they said, "Make sure to tell everybody only two days a week." Only two, I'll let you go into that, though. Uh, this is a uh, proclamation on water conservation. Whereas safe, clean, and sustainable water resources are essential to Broward County's environment, economy, residents, and visitors. And whereas Broward County recognizes that increasing water demands, limited freshwater resources, and the impacts of climate change threaten the availability and quality of water for people and the environment. And whereas water conservation provides the lowest cost means of providing the water needed for today and the future. And Broward County, local municipalities, and water managers have partnered to develop and advance on an integrated approach to water resource planning that places strong emphasis on water conservation as a county's priority water resource management strategy. And whereas Broward County has worked closely with the South Florida Water Management District, local governments, and water providers to increase awareness about the importance of water con conservation, especially now, whereas the Florida section of the American Water Works Association has designated April, typically a dry month, when water demands are most acute as Florida's Water Conservation Month to educate residents about how they can help save Florida's precious water resources. And whereas Broward County's commitment to water conservation is represented in diverse water resource programs to achieve indoor and outdoor water conservation, including the NatureScape program, program, Broward Program, the NatureScape Irrigation Services, the annual Water Matters Day celebration, and the regional water, Broward Water Pro Partnership. And whereas saving water not only protects our unique quality of life, but is also vital to ensuring a robust economy and the conservation of natural resources that are core to the health of our economy. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates April 2017 as Water Conservation Month in Broward and calls upon each resident and business to help protect our precious water resources and ensure long-term water resource sustainability by practicing water conservation. I imagine you're going to talk to us a little bit about that real quick, okay? Thank you, Vice Mayor, for, on behalf of our executive leadership at the agency, I want to thank the Mayor, the Board of Commissioners, County Administrator, Ms. Henry, for this proclamation. I also want to recognize and thank Dr. Jennifer Hirado and her staff 
They do an excellent job of putting together activities and programs, as well as your public relations and communications department for getting that message out, as well as the information regarding saving water, not only on the inside with the toilet rebate program, which I took advantage of a couple of years ago, but also about the naturescape and irrigation practices outside. A lot of our residents aren't familiar with all of the different Florida-friendly landscapes that are out there. It's a, a very pretty, a very beautiful, and a very efficient program. So once again, on behalf of our agency, thank you. And please do go to the website if you're not aware of those two days a week rule. That's an ordinance that the county passed a few years ago for year-round conservation. Again, on behalf of our agency, thank you. Thank you. And is our, is our staff here by any chance? Is Jennifer here and Carolina? Are they here? Carolina? Just, I just wanted to acknowledge, acknowledge our staff and, and what a great job they do. I think we've said, I can't remember the number, but it's millions and millions of gallons that have been saved because of this. So thank you so much. And our next proclamation has to do with children. It is the week, uh, week of the child, young child. And if I could be joined by Jane Hafer and Maribel Ramirez and Lori, you're here today as well. Yeah, come on up. Come here. Thank you all for joining us. We have a whole crowd. We have a lot of crowd. We have a lot of people here today. Hey, you all doing? Good. Um, the, the, uh, the, this is the Broward um, chapter of, of the uh, Association for the Education of Young Children, and they do the accreditation for all the child care centers, uh, or actually we want them to do the, child, the accreditation. Uh, the fact is we have like almost a thousand child care centers in the county, but only a very few are accredited, correct? Mm -hmm. And I think our goal should be, uh, I would hope, is that we at some point work toward having them all accredited, because that would make sure that we have uh, health and safety places as well as the, the right curriculum and certified Professional. So, thank you all for being here, and I'll read this. I'll read this, and then you guys can speak. Uh, whereas the Broward Association for the Education of Young Children, in conjunction with the National Association for the Education of Young Children, and other local organizations, are celebrating the Week of the Young Child, April 24th through April 28th, 2017. And whereas the Week of the Young Child is an opportunity for all early childhood programs across across the country, including childcare. Head Start programs, preschools, and elementary schools to hold activities and bring awareness to the needs of young children and a call for e excellence and quality education for all children. And whereas these organizations are working to improve early learning opportunities, including early literacy programs which provide a foundation of learning for children in Broward County. And whereas all young children need and are entitled to learning experiences that prepare them for life in Broward, for life, and Broward County has a great opportunity to do its part to help young children. And whereas teachers and others who make a difference in the lives of young children deserve thanks and recognition. And whereas public policies that support high quality early learning for all young children are crucial to their future and the future of Broward County, now therefore be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates April 24th through April 28th, 2017 as the week of the young child in Broward County. And it was fitting to see that the, uh, the meeting the other day at the Six Pillars started off with, that's mainly an economic conference, but it started off with a nod to the, to the need for 
making sure that we uh, educate our young children as best as we can so that we make sure that they grow up and become great citizens. Would you like to speak? I would love to. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Thank you. Mayor, commissioners, and also those that are in our audience that uh, deal with young children each and every day. Uh, we are really very proud to talk about the week of the child, young child and the importance of it. Uh, NACI actually started the recognition back in 1971. And the whole idea behind it was to make sure that we recognize all of those that are in touch with young children. The most important years at this time are birth to eight, although older children are important too, as well as adults. So where I work at, we have a senior Alzheimer's adult daycare and a child care center in Deerfield Beach, Florida at the Northeast Focal Point. However, I just wanted to make sure that you all are aware of those that also have grandchildren too, the importance of what we do each and every day and how important that the quality for our children as well as our teachers in our schools get those tools that they need each and every day and that we also don't ignore the families that are involved and those out there in our community that are around children each and every day. So thank you again so much for all that you do. And also, we're just really excited because they will be our future citizens and those that will be one day sitting up here and doing the important things that you do each and every day. Again, thank you so much. And I would like to have anyone else who would like to speak come up. And also our supporters here, colleagues, friends. We've known each other for a very long time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm here to receive this proclamation on behalf of the Early Learning Coalition of Broward. Uh, I want to thank you for your dedication to young children. And I would like to just summon you to pause and uh, reflect on what we can do to make a greater impact on children we serve. Never lose the opportunity to bring a smile to a child's face and to let them be recognized for the beauty they bring to our community. And just remember, in about 10, 15 years from now, those children that you are investing in are going to pave the road for your retirement and for thriving communities. So I thank you very much on behalf of the Early Learning Coalition of Broward.
Okay, our next proclamation is to for Chin Moore and Associates today, and this is going to be presented by Commissioner Lamarca. Good morning, yeah, right after. Mr. Chen. Good morning to you. By the way, my days are Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I never <laughs> stopped watering those two days. Once you do that, your grass becomes more reliant on more water and those roots go better twice a week. Roots. So I'm uh, honored and privileged to present a proclamation to uh, one of two people who I've uh, gotten to know over the years who do some great work for Broward County in the engineering field. Um, this proclamation is for Chen Moore and Associates, and this is Dr. Ben Chen. Uh, whereas Chen Moore and Associates has provided outstanding service in Broward County since November 1986, devoted to practicing high-quality engineering and landscape architecture, expressing sustainable sensitivity and harmony, and whereas in three decades has developed hundreds of diverse projects in our community, including the Neighborhood Improvement Program, Utility Analysis Zone UAZ Infrastructure Program, the expansion of the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, and numerous other projects in Broward County. And whereas Chen Moore and Associates has received numerous recognitions from the South Florida Business Journal, Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce, and numerous trade organizations, whereas Chen Moore and Associates has acted as an extension of staff as city engineers for the town of Lauderdale-by-the-Sea and the cities of Coral Springs and Wilton Manors. Whereas Dr. Ben Chen, a professional engineer, is the chairman of Chen Moore and Associates, has dev devoted over 40 years to the community enriching activities. His service includes the Broward Workforce One, an agency facilitating better jobs and providing quality employees who are necessary to build a sustainable economy for Broward County. And whereas in 20 years, the Workforce One board, he has been a member of many committees, including the Work and Gain Economic Sufficiency, which is Wages Committee, and Accountability Committee, Legislative Committee, Audit Committee, and Strategic Planning Committee, and has served as both the chair and vice chair in the organization. Dr. Chen also is active in the Chinese American Word Scholarship Fund, which serves the President's Advisory Council at St. Thomas, and has a long-standing pre presence in the Scholarship Committee in the League of Cities of Broward County. Whereas Chen Moore and Associates held a 30th anniversary celebration benefiting the Fort Lauderdale Museum of Discovery and Science on March 10th, of this year, and therefore proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates Tuesday, April 25th, as Chen Moore and Associates Appreciation Day in Broward County. Very proud of you. Thank you very much. Would you like to say something? I'm going to put this in your email. Thank you very much. Um, I uh, really appreciate the Commission give me this recognition, and like, we cannot achieve what we achieved today unless we have some 50 plus employees and the interns that are working with us right now. And most important of all, I want to thank the commission. This is a great client that I have and working over 40 years with uh, various commissioners, starting with the late uh, NCO. And, and today I look at the podium, I I'm, I'm almost have relationship with any, uh, every one of you. And I really want to appreciate you're recognizing our firm for this, and thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. And Peter Moore, who's not here, uh, Leadership Florida classmate of mine, I uh, can barely believe he's even 40 years old, so that's amazing. So I'm going to, there's your proclamation. You take a photo. I actually want to move over here. It's both you and the podium are taller than me, so.
questions for Peter as well. There you go. Thank you so much. And Chip, don't go anywhere. You've got another one to go. Yes, sir. Okay. Very uh, proud of this one and okay. the young lady who's going to be coming up here and what she's done in our community. Uh, today, uh, we're reading a proclamation that will be proclaimed on April 30th, uh, very early in the morning on a Sunday. Come up here, Heather. Uh, we're going to do the, the Mad Dash, Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash 5K uh, for the Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, Drunk, drunk Driving uh, in Broward County. And I'm going to read this proclamation, and then I'll let Heather speak and tell you a little bit about her mission. Uh, whereas Walk Like Mad and Mad, come over here, you make my, the picture look better. Walk Like Mad and the Mad Dash 5K is a signature fundraising event of Mad, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, the nation's premier organization working to end drunk driving, help fight drunk, drug driving, and support victims of this violent crime and prevent underage drinking. And whereas Mad supports drunk and drug driving victims and survivors at no charge, serving one person every 8.6 minutes throughout through the local Mad Victims Advocate advocates and their national call center. In 1980, the year MAD was founded, the number of deadly drunk driving crashes since then has been cut in half in the United States. Whereas MAD Broward Chapter provides victim support services, community education, and youth programs that work to eliminate underage drinking and drunk driving throughout South, the South Florida community. Whereas on Sunday, April 30th, 2017, Mad Broward will host the Ultimate Software and Sala Foundation present the Florida Panthers, South Florida Ford and LaCroix Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash. That's a lot of good sponsors. Fort Lauderdale 5K presented by ADT and Allegiance Crane at Hyzinga Plaza in the city of Fort Lauderdale, which is also located in Broward County. Whereas the celebrity MC Tony Segreta will lead this, the day's festivities and will be joined by Jim Robertson, the honorary chairperson, also CEO of Allegiance Crane, Sheriff Scott Israel, and Heather Geronimus, the event founder and chairperson. Funds raised will be used to continue Mad Broward's community endeavors, and whereas, unlike many other causes, drunk driving does not need a cure, the cure is awareness and education, so that every driver drives sober and designates a driver. Whereas Broward County encourages all citizens to make responsible decisions and take appropriate measures to prevent impaired driving. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, the Board hereby designates Sunday, April 30th, 2017, as Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash 5K Day in Broward County. And let me just add two quick things. One is we've clearly uh, created many options for people to not be behind the wheel of their own car if they're impaired, whether it's a taxi cab, a TNC, uh, there are tow companies that will take your car home for you. There are a lot of other op options. And today is also a very important day in Tallahassee. There is a bill before the Senate, if anybody has uh, the opportunity at a break or whatnot, to contact Senator Jack Latvala in the Florida State Senate. They're taking up a bill that would uh, require a uh, mechanism, if you've been uh, convicted of a drunk driving a, a DUI, uh, to clearer before you can start your car. So uh, there's, a, there's a good bill up in Tallahassee. We'd love to see if you could uh, reach out to them. Heather, I'm going to let you say whatever you need to say. Thank you. Thank you. We forgot one special guest, which is Chip Lamarca. He's there every year supporting us and spreading these great, the, these great thoughts. So thank you for being a huge supporter of, of MAD. And thank you, Vice Mayor Furr, and the entire Board of Commissioners for this proclamation today. Matt is thrilled to bring Walk Like Matt and Matt Dash Fort Lauderdale 5K to Broward County for the seventh year in a row. This county has embraced our mission with open arms, helped us save lives, and changed minds about the dangers of drunk and drug driving. This issue surfaced for me 
when my father, Dr. Robert Perry Geronimus, was killed in a car on pedestrian DUI hit and run on January 24th, 2009. At that time, Matt was a stranger that reached out to me and helped me when no one else could. I wanted more than anything to give back to Matt, but more importantly, I wanted to be part of a world where we never needed that call from a stranger again. When I was asked to chair the local iteration of the national fundraiser Walk Like Mad, I knew that this was an opportunity to not only raise much needed funds, but to bring awareness about the dangers of drinking and driving to Broward County. Along the way, we became the most successful MAD fundraiser in the country. Together, we have raised over $1.2 million for MAD in Broward County. That money stays here for life-saving educational programs and victim services. MAD may be very personal to me, but I can tell you unequivocally that it should be important to everyone. Because the reality is that two out of three people will be impacted by a drunk driver in their lifetime. To that end, through Walk Like MAD, what was once a community of victims has grown to become a community of thousands of supporters, sponsors, fundraisers, elected officials, and volunteers who are there to take care of people they don't even know, helping change behavior and helping when tragedy does occur. And that's the true power of community and philanthropic effort. We help people we don't know, and we help people who don't even know that they need it. Our community has made amazing strides in seven, the last seven years in raising awareness, saving lives, and taking care of victims. Matt invites all Broward County residents to join us at Walk Like Matt in Matt Fort Lauderdale on Sunday, April 30th. You can go online and register today at walklikemad.org backslash Fort Lauderdale. Great. Thank yes, you. Thank you for being here today. We want to see that one. Okay, yes. Give us this time. Okay. Uh, the next proclamation, we're going to go out of order a little bit out here, but we're going to do a proclamation for Joshua Williams Day. Special day here. You wanted to go different. <laughs> we'll let him do it. Good morning. With all the kids and those associated with... Uh, Joshua's Heart Foundation, come on down, please, everyone. Good morning. It is said that a child sh shall lead them. And this being Child's Week, uh, it's fitting that we honor some of our children that are leading us. And uh, more than half of the kids are not here because they're in school. Today is a day for taking tests. So I want to try and get them back to school uh, so that they can continue to do well. Uh, this uh, proclamation is uh, regarding a young man who has found a great heart and a way to lead us. And it reads, whereas Joshua Williams is not your typical 16-year-old, the Ransom Everglades High School student 
from South Florida demonstrated from an early age that anyone can make a difference. And whereas Joshua is a founder and leader of the Joshua's Heart Foundation, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to the fight against global hunger and poverty through the community service of young people. And whereas Joshua discovered his passion for philanthropy when he was four and a half years old. Since then, he has been dedicated to helping stamp out world hunger, one community at a time. And whereas small initiatives gained momentum, growing the organization from one small mobile food bank to many community-based initiatives that now include distribution of healthy recipes, hosting cooking classes, and educational services that are implemented both locally and nationally. Joshua believes and says, alone we can only do so much, but together we can move mountains. And whereas since 2014, Joshua's Heart Foundation has served over 800 families residing in District 9 at their annual Joseph C. Carter Park Grocery Distribution Program, made possible through a partnership with Feed the Children, PepsiCo, and the Frito-Lay companies. And whereas, Joshua and his crew have developed and organized programs and initiatives like Hope, Boxes for the Homeless, and Providing Backpack for Students. And whereas, showing through leadership skills, Joshua has formed a junior advisor board to help lead the foundation. They are charged with developing new programs to help fulfill the mission while being role models for young people. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates April 25th, 2017, as Joshua Williams Day in Broward County. It is worth noting that several of these young people are receiving the President's Volunteer Service Award from the Obama administration. That's Nicholas Paris, he received silver. Christine Rule, gold. Colin Wanless, gold. Matthew Wanless, gold. And if I may, just hand these out. Angelina, Angelina Bowman. Where's Angelina? Okay, thank you. Daniel Dukeham. Zachary Hollander. Mason McGehee. Melina Margahi. Anelia Wells Miller. Ryan Rowe. Casey Rule. 
Crystal told me. Let's give these young people another round of applause for the great work. And fortunately, Joshua couldn't make it today because he's taking a test. Oh, okay. I was wondering where Joshua was. I was like, this is his day. Colin is going to say a few words. Okay. Hi, my name is Colin Wanless, and on behalf of Joshua's Heart Foundation, I would like to thank Commissioner Holness and the Broward County Commission for not only um, supporting us through the years, but as well as supporting our foundation in our um, mission to stomp out hunger worldwide. And it's um, my great honor to speak here today in front of you great individuals. And um, these youth individuals right here have um, worked with me and Joshua done to um, create our distribution, and we're actually having one upcoming this April 29th. So thank you again. That's great. Thank you all for being here. You want to take a picture up here? Pretty clear. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Tell Joshua we, we missed him today, and good luck on the test. You know. Uh, we have one more to go today. One more proclamation. And that is going to be, it is also Richard Rosenzweig's day. So we have two days here today. This is going to be presented by Commissioner Mark Bogan. A double day. Whereas Richard Rosenzweig has been a Deerfield Beach resident for more than 10 years, Richard served as city commissioner and vice mayor of Deerfield Beach from 2012 to 2016. He dedicated countless hours and days to help make Deerfield Beach and Broward County a better place to live, work, and raise a family. He lives in Century Village, Deerfield Beach, and serves as president of the Farnham Association. He works diligently to help all Century Village residents he has served our country honorably as a member of the United States Navy and be it proclaimed today by the Broward County Board of County Commissioners that the board hereby designates Tuesday, April 25th as Richard Rosenzweig Day in Broward County, Florida 
with appreciation and gratitude for his ongoing commitment to public service in Deerfield Beach and Broward County. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Mr. Bogan. It's an honor to share this day with so many worthy organizations. You know, I really, as a politician, I hate to walk away from a microphone, but I know you're busy with a busy schedule. We just want to thank you to all of you and, and for the honor to be able to serve Broward County in this capacity. And I look forward to doing this with, uh, with great pride for you. And thank you. And thank you. Mayor, is there, as they're finishing their class photos, I'd, I'd like to add that if there was ever a military event throughout the entire county, not just in Commissioner Bogan's side of Deerfield or my side of Deerfield, uh, Vice Mayor and Commissioner Rodenswag was always there, and uh, appreciate your service to this country. Thank you, Commissioner Lamarck. I appreciate that. Enjoy your day today. Ho hopefully, you get free that. ice cream in Jackson's or something. You know, <laughs> something. Okay, thank you. That concludes our morning's uh, presentations and proclamations. That was a lot of them today. Uh, for those of you in the audience, please turn off your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the County Commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward, fill out a speaker form located on the dais, and furnish it, furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, no further speaker signups will be allowed and you will not be permitted to speak. Individuals who are interested in speaking on any item on the agenda, please come forward and sign up to be heard if you have not already done so. Once the items come before the board, if you've not already signed up, you will not be allowed to speak. When you're called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, your microphone will be turned off and you will be escorted out. We ask that uh, those of you in the audience respect the views of those speaking today. As such, we don't allow any applause, cheering, booing, or catcalls during or after a speaker's comments. You can snap your fingers if you like something. Um, okay, let's read uh, today's menu. Okay, the following requests are submitted for your consideration. Public hearing items are 39 through 59, Water Control, control District Public Hearing. Items are 60 and 61. Regular and supplemental items are 62 through 84. There are no withdrawals. Scrivener's er errors today include item nine. The following language should be added at the end of the motion statement, uh, parentheses, which acceptance is sub subject to receipt of a corrected warranty deed correcting the scrivener's error in the signature block, close parentheses. Item 44, summary explanation slash background. Second paragraph currently reads 23.6 million to be transferred to the general capital outlay fund should read 28.3 million to be transferred to the general capital outlay fund. Item 61, due to an error in the printed agenda cover an item and item was erroneously assigned to a heading, there is no such item. Uh, item 65, fiscal impact cost summary currently reads Port Everglades operating budget should read Port Everglades capital budget. I request without objection that item 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 76, 77, 78, 79, and 83 be moved to consent. Anything left? <laughs> I think so. Additional item information, item 72 and 73, Commissioner, Commissioner Holness asked to be listed as a co-sponsor, correct? Item 72 and 73, I think those are both your items. 
And items 68, 75, and 82, please note that there are, are three nominations by commissioners to fill the two vacancies for the school oversight committee. One of the three nominations is a request for reappointment. Only two individuals can be approved for those two vacancies, so these items will be heard concurrently. Um, additional material was item, just item 19, additional material. Memo to county administrator on revisions to sewer use ordinance submitted by public works department. Item 19, second one, was replacement pages for exhibit two submitted by county attorney's office. Item 68, 75, and 82, resumes by, for nominees submitted by Office of Intergovernmental Affairs and Professional Standards. And item 72, memo to the board submitted by the Office of County Auditor. Other additional material for the public hearing meeting is item 57, revised exhibit A of exhibit one submitted by Environmental Protection and Growth Management. Okay, at this time I'm gonna ask for pulls from the consent agenda. And let's go start with Commissioner Eugene. I'm glad to hear that. Commissioner Rich. Me too. Very good. Keep it going. Commissioner Bogan. It's a hat trick. I like that. That's fine. <laughs> Commissioner Ryan. Item 49. I knew you would. You knew he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Commissioner LaMarca. Uh, leave number 78 on, con on uh, <clears throat> regular, and please uh, add me as a co-sponsor for item number 72. Okay. Um, Commissioner Holness? 38. 38. Commissioner Geller, do you have any pulls? Excuse? Uh, uh, going once, abstentions, recusals? Okay. Last chance. Done. I know. Uh, county Administrator? None. County Attorney? No. County Auditor? Okay. And Public? We have a few. We have uh, number one, and I think that's all. Okay. So we have on consent now one through 38. Oh, well, you're pulling 38. You're pulling 38, right? So one through 37, and all of those that were uh, transferred to consent item with the exception of, okay, all of them? I'll do that. Vice Mayor, okay. 1A was also pulled by the public. Okay. So we'll do two through 38, no, I'm sorry, two through 37, and 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 76, 77, 79, and 83. Do I have a motion to approve? Excuse me, um, 1A was pulled, but B and C were not pulled, so um, wouldn't there be Do you want to, we can, why don't we keep one off and we can, you give me a hard, no, we can bifurcate it if you want to do that. Want to bifurcate it and just, okay. I think we're going to have to probably do it that way. So we'll take, we'll take one by itself. But first let's get a motion to approve. The, okay, second. All those in favor? Any opposed? Hearing that, they all pass. Um, let's go to 1A. And we have three speakers on this. What is it? Joni, do you have a better way to do on one? No. Okay. We have 
Motion on the floor to approve 1B and C. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Those pass. Okay, we have uh, three speakers to speak on 1A. Michael Rayner, Charles King, and Gary Hecker. Uh, Michael, would you like to speak? Good morning, commissioners. Uh, Michael Rayner. Um, first, I just want to say the Denim Day, it's always a, an important thing, actually. And I, uh, having gone through uh, sexual abuse in the seminary, it's, it was a little reflective this morning, sitting through, um, hearing the young lady speak. Um, I asked to uh, have item 1A pulled, which was the appointment of uh, Fort Lauderdale Mayor Jack Seiler to the county's planning council um, for several uh, reasons. Um, one of them actually, just in disclosure, I have had discussion with Commissioner Lamarca, and I thank him for that time over the weekend and yesterday, um, you know, as to clarify how, who he can appoint. Um, one of the things that uh, since that time we spoke, he actually has the ability to appoint any elected official in any city for in his district. They don't actually have to reside in his district. And Commissioner Beamfer, Vice Mayor Beamfer's appointee of uh, Commissioner Angela Castillo, who doesn't live in his who doesn't live in his district but represents a city, sets precedent. So um, if Commissioner Lamarca wanted to pull the item or withdraw it for consideration and to come back, um, if you wanted to think of somebody else, um, that is something that's possible. I'm sure the county attorney can opine on that. Um, the reason I object to, um, to uh, Mayor Seiler's appointment is, first, as mayor of Fort Lauderdale, he has um, disparaged in, and uh, marginalized renters. Basically, on a, a creation of an infrastructure task force, he doesn't believe that if you're a renter that you are an equal stakeholder in the county as a homeowner and shouldn't have any input on serving on the board. You might be able to come and give public comment, but you're worth less than that to actually serve and give your time and volunteer. Um, in terms of you know, my identity, and I'm not trying to bring the controversy up of the mayor's prayer breakfast, which he um, is going to be partaking in on Friday, um, through the whole objection from the gay community in that, he's shown a complete dismissal of the concerns of an entire LGBT community that have been trying to reach out to him and refusing to speak, simply because we are not mainstream. Um, you know, those are just two communities of persons in this county um, and, you know, when you look at millennials and everything else, the issues that people are going through, uh, I have an 82-year-old neighbor who is being forced to look for housing and lives off of, um, I think, $1,200 a month, and so looking for housing for him. He's a renter. And I'm a renter. And I'm just appalled that somebody like Mayor Seiler would then serve on a council such as that. Also, the county has a long standard uh, practice of, in their county appointment policy of looking at diversity and making sure that the appointments are reflective of the residents for which they serve. Um, there are no LGBT uh, members of the county's planning council, so you could consider Commissioner Trantalis possibly from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, he would qualify and meet that standard. You know, I don't come here today to um, have the commission t take sides on an appointee. It's long respected that you each respect each other's appointees, and I kindly at this time would ask Commissioner Lamarca to maybe withdraw that item and uh, take it under further consideration. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I am here also from probably the other end of the political spectrum to ask Chip Lamarca to withdraw this nomination of Jack Seiler to be on a planning council of all things when he has driven our infrastructure in Fort Lauderdale into the ditch for the last eight and a half years. We have sewage breaks going on all over the place. Our roads are being re 
micro resurfaced instead of repaved. Uh, our bridges are failing. There's all sorts of stuff that they just took the money and they gave it to the police instead. And that's what they have done. And uh, every big project he has put his hands on has turned into a giant fiasco. The Aquatic Center, Slitterbond. He, they, when him and his crew came in eight and a half years ago, they, they brought in a, a city manager that takes orders, and they, brought, they got a city attorney that is incompetent. And we have had nothing but huge problems. And I can't think of a person more unfit, a, just a career politician that has been in office for 20-something years, hopping from office to office. Everything he does is in his own interest. He is in the pocket of lobbyists. And I think Dean Trantalis... Uh, is someone who would be a much better selection if, if it's legal for you to do that. Um, I would definitely go that way because uh, I've always found him to be a fair-minded person that wants to discuss things out in the open. Jack Seiler tells people one thing to, to one group of people, and he tells another group to another group, and then he makes his decision behind closed doors with a bunch of lobbyists. So, you know, I don't think that's the type of person we need on the planning and zoning board, and uh, we don't need that type of person to be our mayor anymore. I mean, he basically... Uh, his, his last election, he was elected by 7% of the electorate voted. And uh, they have, have intentional off-cycle elections every three years in, like, March or February when people don't vote for other things, and they like it that way. It's a very corrupt system. You know, it's not as corrupt as where, you know, Chip lives in, you know, Lighthouse Point. They have a, you know, very planned little community with, with uh, you know, cameras everywhere. <laughs> so, but, I mean, if you would, you know... Take some pity on us. We don't have anybody that lives in Fort Lauderdale, the biggest city in the county seat, up, but not that man, somebody else. And the other point is he is term limited. We are no longer going to have him in 10 months or whatever, and then we are going to lose this seat on the planning council. So Dean is not term limited. If you could put Dean on there, then we would have somebody ongoing, and we would, we would fix this representation problem that we found ourselves in where we have, I think, Mary Graham is our only person, and she lives so far you know, west of 95 and so far north, she's almost in Lauderdale Lakes or something. So please give us Dean or somebody like that if it's, if it's legally possible. Jack Seiler, you know, what's going on with this prayer breakfast? He has been mixing religion and politics for quite a while. And it, that he's getting burned by it, it serves him well right now. And you, know, you should have been there for the first ever uh, Roman Catholic blessing of the citywide uh, Roman Catholic blessing of, of Fort Lauderdale. It was incredible. Thank you. Morning. My name is uh, Gary Hecker. I live in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I've lived in Broward County since 1971, except for uh, when I was uh, in the military. Uh, since 1971, we've seen an erosion of the quality of life in Fort Lauderdale and in Broward County. Uh, it's not necessarily just Mr. Seiler, Mayor Seiler. It's a, it's a group of people. Um, you look at the traffic. Uh, you look at the infrastructure. Uh, here we've had a water conservation uh, uh, display today. We're out of water in Broward County, and yet we continue to expand and expand and expand. Last time I spoke in front of the Broward County Commission, I was opposed to an additional 8,000 units that Fort Lauderdale was asking for downtown uh, Fort Lauderdale which uh, this August board approved. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess I can also help thank you for the three, count them, three sewer breaks in front of my house, the last one of which, 250 
million gallons of raw sewage. Thank you very much. So when I look for a planner, I want somebody who is forward-looking. 25 million, all I know is it was a lake and it was there for a long time. We need planners who are forward-looking. We need planners who think out of the box. We don't need planners who are going to rubber stamp every development that somebody wants to throw up. And we're not going to get that with Mayor Seiler. We're going to get more of the same, and Broward County is going to get uglier, it's going to get dirtier, it's going to get smellier, and the quality of life for the people who live in Broward County is going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And you talk to the people who've lived here a long time, and they'll tell you, this isn't the beautiful place with the charming neighborhoods. Those charming neighborhoods are being decimated by developers who, I'm not against all development, but the planners need to try to make developers scale their projects for the neighborhoods and add a little bit of architectural charm to the buildings. These boxes that they're putting up don't add anything to the quality of life of Broward, excuse me, Broward County. So look for a planner who can think outside of the box, who can think independently and improve the quality of life for everybody. Jack Seiler is not that person. Thank you. So, if not for a archaic, ridiculous rule in our charter, uh, this item wouldn't be in front of you. I'd have Commissioner Mike Long, who's been on the Lighthouse Point City Commission. Uh, Charlie would probably consider him a lifelong politician, but he's been on for 19 or 18 years. Um, and he'd be serving there with Bill Gallo, who's an architect, contractor, uh, and licensed professional. But unfortunately, because of our ridiculous rule in our charter, archaic rule, you cannot have two people from one city of less than 50,000 people. Well, guess what, folks? I represent eight cities. Five of them have less than 50,000 people in them. Okay? So I had two people from a city of less than 50,000 people, and no one said a word about it until one of them moved out of the city, and I went to make another appointment. Um, this item's in front of us for, for a very simple reason. The, the Broward County, or the, the Planning Council, and a lot of people who represent the planning community would like somebody from Fort Lauderdale on the planning council, okay? And Mary Graham, as was, was uh, articulately stated, uh, lives in Fort Lauderdale and was uh, appointed by you, Comm uh, Mayor, Commissioner Ryan, was it? Yours, okay, Commissioner Holness. Um, so, so there are three of us that represent Fort Lauderdale no one else decided to put an elected official on there from Fort, the city of Fort Lauderdale. By the way, the largest populous city in Broward County, about 10% of the population. Um, so that is why the item is before us today. Uh, it's worth noting that I reached out to the mayor of one of my other cities of greater than 50,000 people, uh, the city of Pompano Beach, and Mayor Fisher had served admirably for many years on the planning council and was not able to accept a reappointment or a new nomination. So let me... Let me go back and, and just say that I'm, I don't have any intention of, uh, right off the bat, changing my appointment. This is a planning council uh, appointment. This is not a prayer breakfast conversation. 
Um, I am the only member on this commission that I recall a couple, two or three times marching in the Stonewall and Pride Parade. I am the only Republican on this commission that voted for I'm speaking. Thank you. I don't think I saw you the couple years I was there. Maybe you did another year, but I didn't see you the year I was there, Mayor, or Vice Mayor, or, or Commissioner. Anyway, I'm also the only Republican on this board, and I did vote for marriage equality. So I don't need anybody lecturing me on my, my politics based on somebody else's uh, planning appointment. This is not a social appointment. This is a planning appointment. Um, as for the concerns for for failed and, and uh, failed infrastructure, I would say bridges were brought up. Every one of the bridges in La, on the Los Olas Isles has been replaced. Um, I'm certainly not taking up for the city of Fort Lauderdale's infrastructure woes. It's the city's over 100 years old. Uh, the city, like most other cities, decided to tag on to the half penny and full penny sales tax to try to get their infrastructure th uh, issues taken care of. The city of Fort Lauderdale's infrastructure is not breaking down, Mr. Hecker, because of Broward County. It's breaking down because of the city of Fort Lauderdale, which is an issue you may want to bring to the city commission meeting, not this board meeting. Um, and to Mr. King, who I, you know, I, ironically, uh, for the most part, usually find myself politically agreeing on some things, some things. Um, the crew that's in there right now are, are elected officials. Um, I don't think they're a gang or any member of a, uh, of a family. They are elected officials, and you probably should, if you don't like who's in there, vote for somebody else. Or more importantly, with a man with your time on your hands, you may want to run for office. Um, as for when they have their elections, a lot of cities still have elections in March. Um, it's about the only way you can get any attention on who's elected in your city. Um, with regard to the term limit, Jack Siler will not be, I'm assuming he'll be approved here because even though the... Uh, the only person who nominated him as a Republican and the Democratic Party came out with a rule against, ruling against him of some sort over the weekend. Um, he'll serve till the end of his term and then I'll make another appointment. And I would, I would strongly consider Dean Trentellis. I think he does a great job and I find myself supporting him and he, he's supporting me on, on many issues. Um, again, we go back to a bad law. If uh, you want to approach the Charter Review Commission on this, I would love to see them change it because, like I said, I represent five smaller cities and they should have a voice as well um, again with, with respect to what's what's come of a very uh, procedural appointment if folks have an issue with mayor jack silo they may want to take it up with mayor jack silo not chip lamarca uh, i represent him as his county commissioner he lives in my district um, uh, I, i've read all the articles about fort lauderdale and and they it, the story sounds a little different than i've heard here today uh, typically top 10 list, typically people moving here, a lot of, lot of positive things. Are there issues that could be worked out? Absolutely. But those are worked out on a Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock at a City of Fort Lauderdale Commission meeting, not here. So with that, I'm going to uh, move to approve my item 1A. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? That passes unanimously. Okay. Okay, we're going to go on to... Mr. Yes, Mr. Mayor. Yes. Um, just want to point out that my phone, I had a technical issue for about five minutes and I missed, I did not vote on the uh, consent agenda. So please, I would like that shown. Okay, let the record re reflect that, please. Uh, number Mayor, 38. Uh, Mr. Mayor. Yes. May I make a comment? Sure. Thank you. Um, I, I just want to say uh, um, that Commissioner Markey said something about uh, people voting. And I am very proud of the fact that when I was in the legislature, I actually sponsored the bill that moved, that allowed cities to move their elections, their municipal elections, to November. 
and I see my mayor sitting in the back there, and I will tell you that more people vote in November than they do in March or the other uh, elections where uh, only the mayoral or city commission races are on. So I would suggest that if people do want uh, to have that opportunity to vote, that they should uh, go to their city commissions and ask them to move their elections to November. Okay, let's move on to item 38, Dale. Commissioner Holness. Yes. Uh, thanks for your support on this item. It is uh, to support the American Cancer Society uh, Relay for Life event to be held May 19th at Joseph C. Carter Park. The American Cancer Society has done a tremendous amount of work in assisting those who have an issue, a health, a health issue with cancer. Uh, Part of, of, of what they've done is uh, sent requ answered requests for over, to over 800,000 people for information on cancer, serving 56,000 patients. Uh, this effort is to bring the community together uh, to help with raising funds for this very worthy cause. And I'm wondering, is there anyone from American Cancer Society in the audience? No? Okay, a relief for life. Uh, again, if anyone needs information, uh, it's in the backup, but let me give it to the audience that are here and to those who are watching us. Uh, they can go to cancer.org, that's cancer.org, or they may call 1-800-227-2345. With that, I move the item. Okay. Second. Quick question. When, you, when you, you're requesting county sponsorship, what, do, what are you actually requesting? Because I think Relay for Life is fantastic, and I support. That means you'll give me, you'll give some money. I mean, I usually ask for support <laughs> so that I can, I can uh, myself. Is this so you calls. can ask for money from outside sources, or are you asking the county for dollars? I this item didn't ask for dollars, but okay. I'd welcome anyone here with, willing with to that, I second put, it. put some money in uh, to help this uh, again Let's very this worthy cause uh, to it, because it's it's really important that we support uh, this event. I'll be out at uh, Joseph Carter Park. I am one of the sponsor. I'm a bronze sponsor uh, for, from my own pocket. Uh, okay. And anyone else who would like to join in, please do so. Okay. We have a motion and a second on item 38 to approve county sponsorship. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any Aye. opposed? That passes. Aye. Okay. That passes unanimous, unanimously. Okay. We're going to go now to the public hearing. Uh, item 39. I have no pulls. Uh, we will open the public hearing on this. This is a motion to adopt resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida granting renewal of a non-exclusive franchise to Palmdale Oil Company. Is there anybody in the uh, public that wishes to speak? Okay, I'm going to close the public hearing. All those in favor? Is there a second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That Aye. Passes. Okay, that passes unanimously. Item 40, motion to adopt resolution. I'm going to open the public hearing. Actually, once I've opened the public hearing, I don't have to keep opening it, right? Actually, these are separate public hearings, although... For each item? Although, Mayor, what I might suggest that with the exception of Commissioner Ryan's poll on number 49, if you wanted to include 44 through 51 in the same public hearing, you could read them all. Okay. Take separate votes. I was going to ask you on that. Thank you. Okay. Okay, on, on this is... We'll open the public hearing on number 40, motion to adopt resolution to transmit a proposed amendment what? to the Broward County Land Use okay, plan. Mr. Mayor. Plan Mr. Mayor. Yes. 
Mr. Mayor. Um, on items number 40, 52, and 53, my former former law firm, Greenspoon Martyr, could benefit from this item depending on what happens at the public hearing and, oh, excuse me, on this hearing. So I will be abstaining to avoid even the appearance of a voting conflict. I've already separated myself from Greenspoon Martyr, but to avoid even the appearance of a voting conflict, I will be abstaining on items 40, 52, and 53 and ask that the record reflect that. Okay, so noted. Thank you. Uh, back to number 40. Motion to, this is going to be a motion to adopt resolution to transmit a proposed amendment to the Broward County Land Use Plan Map, uh, PC 17-5 in the city of Deerfield Beach. Is there anybody in the public that would like to um, speak on this? This is only, Dennis, only questions? Anybody else would like to speak? Seeing none, I'll take a motion. Move it. Second. Okay, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That is approved. Will the minute secretary uh, show that I vote in the affirmative on the previous item? 39. Okay. Uh, item 41, I'll open the public hearing. This is a motion to enact ordinance amending the Broward, Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt Broward County Land Use Plan Map Amendment PC 17-1, establishing a transit-oriented co corridor in the city of Pompano Beach. And I have, I, have a, I have a number of people here in support of the item. Did, and let me see, I don't know if anybody... Well, we have a lot of people here to speak, actually. Are there any? Let me see how many are in support. Are these for questions only, or are there some people that actually want to speak on this? Good way to do that. Are there, is there anybody in opposition to this? No. Uh, so I'm going to say that if, if no one is uh, seeing none, uh, can I take a motion to approve? So move. Any, any opposed? Second. Okay, all those, all those in favor? Aye. Okay, any opposed? Aye. Okay, that stands as passed. Okay. No, not on that one. He's staying on the 52 and 53. That's correct. Okay, I'm going to open the uh, item number 42, and this is a motion to enact ordinance amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt the Broward County Land Use Plan Map. And we have one for questions only. And I'm going to see if there's anybody in the public that would like to speak on this. Seeing none, I'm going to take a motion. Second. Okay, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Okay, that passes unanimously. I'm getting it I'm slowly. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, number 43, motion to I'm open the public hearing, motion to enact ordinance amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to adopt amendments to the Broward County Land Use Plan Text and Natural Resource Map Series pertaining to Broward Next. And I do, I know we have a speaker here, Dan Sturmer. I'd like to open up the public hearing now. And Dan Sturmer. The esteemed chair, and the esteemed chair of the Broward County. Yes. And appointed to the planning council by a commissioner that governs my city and I'm not I don't live in his district um, and thank you for your two appointments and approving yes. the two appointments to the plan and it was a pleasure morning. to appoint you thank you commissioner appreciate it um, I stand in support this morning and ask you to all as you did previously at transmittal to unanimously support this project Broward next has been a two-year project that was initiated by the Board of County Commissioners 
And let me suggest to you, in all of the years that I've been involved in county government and local government, there has never been an outreach effort similar to what went on here between the number of public meetings held in this building and the number of meetings held throughout this community and literally the hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of people that participated in person, online, via email, through a variety of organizations, we come to you today for final adoption of Broward Next. And for those of you that aren't aware, this is a two-part process. What's before you this morning is the land use plan. What starts next is actually the land development code. So on behalf of the Planning Council, and we've supported this unanimously twice and have no objections to the uh, modification of attainable to affordable, I want to this morning thank the Broward County Planning Council. I want to thank the steering committee who uh, worked uh, alongside the uh, committee, um, which was uh, Ann Castro, Neil DeJesus, school board member Patty Good, Commissioner Al Jones, Commissioner Dale Holness, property appraiser Marty Keir, and Mr. Bob Daniels. I also think it's important to recognize two members of the team that work inside of this building for what we've accomplished. Um, Henry Snezak, the man sitting to my right over here, um, will be leaving in a few years after spending th in excess of 30 years inside of this building. And Henry has been a visionary to get us to where we are today. I don't think he wanted you to tell us that. That's okay. <laughs> we always know at some point Henry's going to say I've had enough. But let me suggest to you, Henry did a yeoman's job and put this on his back. But let me suggest to you, the woman that stood next to him with this on her back was Barbara Blake Boyd, the executive director of the Planning Council. And Barbara and Henry ran around this county tirelessly, speaking in favor of this and explaining what this is. And what this is is really taking Broward County into the next piece of its evolution, the redevelopment of Broward County, regardless of whether people like what cities have done or the county's done, we are where we are. The question is, where do we go next? And this land use plan sets the course, puts strategies in place, has re uh, issues of regional import that really will guide us into the future. I want to thank you for your consideration and we also want to thank you for your input because during this process we've reached out to everybody and you've all participated and we want to thank you for that. So on behalf of the Planning Council, um, and we had this at our last meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, we want to thank you um, for your consideration and hopefully your positive input. When we get to on Thursday, Mayor Seiler and Mr. Rosenzweig um, will start the next process of talking about where we then move to redoing the land development code, which will be the second part of this process. So on behalf of the Planning Council, we want to thank you for your consideration. We also have one more speaker. Thank you, Mayor, and thank you for all the input you've done with the Planning Council. Um, we also have Bob Daniels. Thank you, uh, Mr. Vice Mayor. This is, uh, my name is Bob Daniels. I'm representing the uh, Smart Growth Partnership, but I'm also here as a proud member of the steering committee. And I just want to uh, echo all the words that uh, Mayor Sturmer just said, uh, uh, not just Henry and Barbara, but their excellent staff also did a, did a really, really uh, wonderful job of bringing us through this two years of, of planning. Um, I just congratulate you for this process. I, I appreciate the uh, ability to be a part of it and uh, urge you to uh, adopt. Thanks. Thank you. And that concludes our, the public, public part of our hearing. Um, Commissioner Ryan, you have the floor. The approval of this item is a, is a good step forward, but I don't believe it quite gets us 
where the county needs to be on some of its uh, regional decisions and uh, in particular this this issue that that took some time to resolve uh, dealt with finding an impartial uh, methodology to determine the uh, affordable housing needs uh, in the cities the, the 31 cities in this county and I'm glad that we were able to reach some resolution on that um, there is still some outstanding issues with regards to you know what is an appropriate amount uh, that would be set aside in future development to address the uh, affordable housing issue uh, throughout this county and I know that my colleague Senator Rich has been working tirelessly in in Tallahassee to try to uh, obtain as much funding as possible from the Sadowski Trust Fund uh, for workforce housing attainable housing in Broward County uh, there is also another issue out there that um, has not yet been resolved uh, and we have seen uh, some of the consequences here in Broward County particularly with respect to transportation that has to deal with siting regional facilities um, there was you know been an effort to to uh, find a location for a, a park and ride uh, facility that would uh, strengthen our uh, mass transit um, operations here in Broward County and uh, we've had difficulty um, receiving approvals from our municipal partners in, in that regard so I hope that there will continue to be a dialogue with regard to the important regional transportation needs and uh, perhaps we'll find some common ground so that we can site regional facilities uh, in Broward County and we can work together on that issue. Commissioner Holmes. Yes, I, I too want to thank uh, Henry and, and Barbara and, and the entire team, their staff uh, worked tirelessly and dedicated themselves to moving this issue forward. Uh, indeed, it's a beginning, it's not an end. Uh, there's still a distance to go. And, and, and I'll echo some of the sentiments of uh, Commissioner Ryan, affordable housing is still a major issue. We haven't yet fixed it. We haven't put the plans in place uh, to ensure that for the future we will have a workforce in Broward County. Uh, it, it's getting to the point where people don't make enough to live, in, live and work in Broward County, large numbers. And, and our private sector has to come in uh, because many developers and many entities uh, are not in support of us really taking the steps that we need to take to ensure that a new development, a certain percentage is dedicated, uh, a strong percentage is dedicated to uh, affordable housing and also to put in place uh, some certain funding that will be there to help move uh, affordable housing forward for the people of Brock County. Because if we don't have a workforce, we're going to be in trouble. Commissioner Marka, then Commissioner Rich. I, I, just to commend the, the staff, Mr. Sneezak, uh, Barbara, and I do see some other familiar faces that know a little bit about planning like uh, Roy Rogers uh, and the time he spent out in uh, southwest Broward County and uh, even though he calls that beautiful little hamlet that Mr. King didn't have nice things to say about Lighthouse Point Home. But no, thank you for, uh, for really getting us to this point and I know that uh, 31 municipalities, although I, I, I don't know that you had to go to Lazy Lake for one of their meetings, but but 30, 31 municipalities to go spread the word and get support is fantastic. Commissioner Rich. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. 
Um, I just um, also want to congratulate all the people who have worked so hard, and particularly our, our, our staff uh, uh, members. Um, I do want to just mention, uh, as two of my colleagues have, uh, affordable housing. I did spend uh, a lot of last week in Tallahassee trying to work on issues of affordable housing. And um, uh, we are not going anywhere right now with what's going on in Tallahassee. The sweeps are huge again, uh, even though the Senate has tried to, to maintain some of the funding. And I just wanted to mention that um, as a result of the, um, of the wonderful housing summit that we had with over 200 people there representing all aspects of the community, um, we are uh, following up this week with a, a, a meeting, a steering committee, uh, to come up with, uh, uh, based on the recommendations that came out of the, the, um, the housing summit, uh, a, uh, a dedicated source of revenue for Broward County. And after we finish with that, I will be back to talk to you about that and to see if we cannot get consensus on what uh, what that will be because uh, we cannot rely on Tallahassee to solve our problem for us. Amen. Commissioner Geller, did you want to weigh in on this? Um, I just had lost the phone connection, just called back. Sorry, okay. Mr. Um, I was just going to comment, to add my comment that, you know, I've known Henry for years and years and years and years, and he is always done an outstanding job. This is just another example of this. And, you know, being up here in Tallahassee right now, I can tell you that we got... <laughs> I think I did. I think I just hit a button. I just found that button. No. <laughs> just quickly to, to add on, I, I want to also express my support as one of the elected officials up here that's probably been on all three sides of this issue because I had this presented to me as a municipal elected official uh, a few months ago. Uh, I work on the planning council now and work, have worked on it for a while and sitting up here in my role as a county commissioner. Amazing job by staff, by Barbara and by Henry with outreach to the municipalities. It's hard to get yeah. 30, 31 municipalities, if we include Lazy Lake, to agree on a, a lot of things. This is something that's really been a long time coming. It's an important uh, future map for our, the future growth of our county. And with that, I'd like to make a motion to approve it. Okay, okay. I, I just want to speak real quick on it only. That's okay. Um, but I will take your motion and your second. Um, I, I think this is a landmark effort. I think that they've done a, a young, an incredible job on this. And if the public gets a chance to go on, on, the, uh, on our site at Broward.org and go to the agenda today and gets a chance to look at the maps and those things that have been created, it tells an incredible story. And the work behind those things are incredible. So if, if anybody gets to, wants to see uh, where our county's heading, that is a good chance to do it. I, I concur with my colleagues on the, I think the one weak link on this is the affordable housing aspect of it. I don't think we've, we've tackled that as, as good as we can. And I know, I know we'll, we'll be working on that in the future. But with that, I'll take the motion in a second. I'll, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. And congratulations to Henry, Barbara, and all the staff. That was a great job, great job. Okay, we're gonna go to item number 44. And can we take these? I'm going to open the public hearing for 44 through 51. 
I would suggest 44 through 48, leaving time for 49 for, well, you could do it through 51 and then provide time for Commissioner Ryan to raise his concerns on 49. I think he did 48. You could call them all at the though. same time. Oh, you did 49, okay, okay. 44 through 51 would 46. also. 46, okay. I'll just do them one at a time. I'll do them one at a time, though. Um, number 44, oh, can, I, can I just take them all at once? It's, it's a public hearing on motions to adopt supplemental budget resolutions in items 44 through 51. Okay. Open the public hearing. Okay. Uh, is there anyone in the public who would like to be heard on 44 through 51? Seeing none, can uh, first, first I'll, I'll take a motion for, on second. And be, let's have discussion. I know there's, I, we wanted to discuss on 46. Thank you, Vice Mayor. I, I had a, just a question. If I could ask uh, Bertha, may I ask uh, Marcy to come up for just a quick second? Ms. Gilman, if you can come to the podium. Just ha I had an inquiry about the item 46 with regard to uh, grant funding and what happens if there's a surplus left in a grant fund and what happens at the county level. There was concern that it gets arbitrarily put into a slush fund or something like that. So I'd like you to address that, Ms. Uh, Gilman. <laughs> So Marcy Gelman, Assistant Director, Office of Management and Budget. Um, and this action includes some funds that are transferred from closed out, grants, closed out grants, and we're putting those funds in a different grant fund so that they could be spent on the same service that the original uh, grant dollars were budgeted for. Okay, so at the end, of, just so folks understand, the end of a grant, sometimes there would be additional funds that weren't used, and it's not put in a surplus, it's put into... It's, it's put into a fund that, that and appropriated for budgeted to spend it on the same services that the grant provi originally okay. provided. And the reason there may be additional funds left over a couple It's of a multiple reasons. Actually, similar to all the funds that are on the agenda today, um, you know, there's fund balances and funds for various reasons, um, multiple, and uh, that would take a long time to explain. Um, and it, it could be that, uh, that the service costed us less than originally contracted to provide. It could be that there's additional match. There's there's a few, there's many different reasons and there's other reasons too. And um, But we those funds are, are then again appropriated in a different fund for the same service. Thank you very much. Sure. Commissioner Ryan on 49. Are you gonna go ahead and open up 49 for the public they're, first? They're all, open, they're all open right now. All right. Um, with regard to item 49, this is a, um, a fund transfer uh, with regard to our um, capital fund outlay. And um, if you read the backup material, um, it's a total transfer of 63 million, of which uh, over 43 million uh, is placed in a uh, general capital fund and it's not stated in the backup as to uh, what projects are um, anticipated to be funded um, in our, I, I guess it's the um, four-year program, 2018 through 2022, or a five-year program. Um, in addition, on item 44, there is, uh, out of the um, general fund balance transfer of 36 million, 23, or more than 23 million is transferred to uh, general capital outlay reserves. So we're looking at um, you know, reserves, and, and I don't think this number changes a great deal from year to year, but um, it's a total of $67 million. Um, Ms. Gelman, I, I don't expect you to, to describe every project that we anticipate to fund with our capital outlay, but um, I would like to have a general overview as to the projects, 
that, that we are expecting to fund with these capital dollars and, uh, you know, a status, uh, how much, uh, when do we expect to, to move forward uh, so, that, so that we on the county commission can make some uh, decisions and recommendations with regard to, um, you know, how these capital dollars should be allocated. Perhaps if, if some projects do not appear to be going forward, then maybe we might, you know, change our priorities and look to fund other capital projects. So uh, just to clarify, the, uh, the sum of all those actions that you stated is an additional $25 million for capital, general capital projects. And these general capital projects are the projects that don't have dedicated funding sources. So it's like parks, libraries, general government facilities, human services facilities, all those things that don't have, you know, dedicated revenue sources. And as you know, we're starting our, we're actually, we're at the beginning of our budget process and we've received um, requests for the next fiscal year well, 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 in excess of of, of the twenty five million, and uh, so what we what what we plan to do is come back to the board um, during the budget process at budget workshops and um, uh, and make recommendations based on the requests that we've received, and at that point, also the board gives uh, the county administrator feedback on. Right. And, on, and that, um, that's on what I would projects. like to, yeah. to to hear is some <laughs> detail when we get into our budget workshop. I mean, you had. 25 million for the general capital outlay. You've got 12 million for engineering capital outlay. Yes. You've got almost 6 million for transit capital outlay. Uh, so I think those funds actually would be blended together for for certain capital projects. You'd be you'd have an outlay of both general capital and engineering within a same within one project. Actually, it would be the same process, but but they would not be blended. In other words, the transportation funds would be part of our recommendations on general on, um, transportation capital outlay. Um, so those funds, but it, but it would be the same similar process that we would bring back recommendations during the budget process on uh, to the board um, for their consideration on allocating those in the budget process. And, and if any of my colleagues want to speak on the issue, but um, uh, to the county administrator, if we could, you know, identify um, the projects that we, you know, have prioritized and uh, perhaps a status report on, on um, where we are in the process. Happy to do that. Thank you. Any further discussion? Okay. Uh, do I have a motion for 44 through 51? Second. Okay. All those in no favor? Move. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Okay, hearing none, that all those pass unanimously. We'll go to item 52. Uh, this is a motion to adopt resolution to vacate right-of-way lying with the, within a portion of Track 3 Tiger Tail Grove Re-Subdivision. Do I have a motion to approve? Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I have to open the public hearing. Is there anyone who would let, wishes to be heard on this? Seeing none, we close this. Move it. Move it. Second. All those in favor? Aye. All, any opposed? That passes unanimously. No. no oh. Abstaining. I, I sorry. did not vote. Thank you. And you'll be abstaining on the next one as well, correct? Yes, okay, sir. so so that passes eight to eight to zero. Seven. 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 Seven zero. Oh that's right, Barbara's not here. She's in Argentina. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's a test drive. Uh, okay, so fifty three. It's a test drive. 53. Right, exactly. Uh, motion to adopt resolution to vacate an, an access easement lying within tract A of the Gaddis Platt situated at 1750 Sterling Road in Dana Beach. Is anyone here? We'll open the public hearing. 
Is there anyone here who wishes to be heard on this? Seeing none, I'll take a motion. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. With one, with, with one extension. Not voting. Right. Senate, Commissioner Geller, you're messing me up. <laughs> uh, item right. 50, uh, it's okay. Yes. Item 54. No, we're voting in the affirmative. Everyone's Vice in the affirmative. Mayor, I think there's a clarification that. Commissioner Rich, are you saying? No, she's pointing to, she's, yeah, she's pointing okay. to Commissioner Geller. Thank you. <laughs> in the sky. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Okay, item 54, open the public hearing. This is a motion to adopt a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, designating the Goodman Archaeological Site a historic resource. Is there anyone, anyone in the public who would, would like to be heard on this? Seeing none, I'll take a motion. motion. Second. Second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Okay, you can vote on this one. That passes unanimously. Uh, item 55, I'll open the public hearing. This is a motion to adopt a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida. Okay, on this one. Uh, designating the Link Trainer Building Naval Air, Air Museum a historic resource and Commissioner Marco, would you like Thank to speak you. on this? Thank you, Vice Mayor. Let me uh, see if the, anyone in the public wants to speak first. Is there anybody in the public who would like to speak on this? Okay, seeing none, I'll, I'll, let me take a motion. Second? Second. Yeah. Okay. No, Discussion? Just, this is uh, obviously by the agenda listing. It is in Commission District 7, which is uh, on Perimeter Road, just behind the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. I am glad that our airport director, Mr. Gale, is here um and encourage he and his staff to, to spend a little bit of time there we have the navy uh, and marine corps coming in for and coast guard coming in for broward navy days fleet week uh next week or yeah next week and they're going to be doing some service projects there and around the county but this is a very important item to finally have uh this designation and i know that it's now a part of the airport but uh, it's also a part of our uh greatest generations world war ii history at the airfield that was the Naval Air Station Fort Lauderdale. So I want to thank uh, those responsible for getting to this point and the uh, Historic Preservation Board. Okay, I know, I know this has been close to your heart and you've battled for this quite a bit, so I'm glad to see it happen. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That, Aye. Pass, that passes unanimously. Uh, item 56, open the public hearing. Uh, this is a motion to enact the ordinance to adopt a proposed amendment to the capital improvements element of the Broward County Comprehensive Plan. Is there anyone in the public who would like to speak on this? Seeing none, I'll take a motion. Motion to approve. A second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Aye. That passes unanimously. Uh, item 57, open the public hearing. This is a motion to adopt the resolution to levy a land clearance lien against certain described properties resulting from violations of the property maintenance regulations. Is there anyone in the public who would like to be heard on this? Seeing none, I'll take just, a motion. Just a quick comment. Okay. Um, I just want to make, I'm, I'm in support of this, I'm going to vote in favor of it, but I want to make sure that this, uh, the county administrator and their staff comes up with a process internally to release these liens in the event that uh, this, the, the land can be sold, someone wants to build something on it. There should be an administrative quick process so that we're not on the county. I agree with leaning the property, I agree with getting our dollars paid back, but I don't want to be an inhibitor in the future when somebody does want to buy one of these and turn it into something else. It's a simple thing that should be done, and it should be done probably administratively because you're not talking about a lot of dollars, 
but you can really hold up a lot of improvement on these lots. Isn't, we, isn't it just paying off the lien? That well, in many cases, these liens start accruing penalties and interest, and sometimes you'll see that on a $50,000 lot, this lien can start quickly becoming $10,000, $15,000, just in interest and whatever, and you'll see that you're not going to be able to transfer them, so nothing can ever be done on them because no one will buy them because there's no mechanism to do it. We did it in Parkland, and in a lot of municipalities followed after the housing bust. I'm not looking for anybody to, to be unfairly treated, but if cost recovery is back, if we get our money back, if the problem is solved, and there's somebody that wants to do something productive on this lot, we shouldn't be the ones to hold it up because we're holding out for A, B, or C. It's just a simple thing that, that really should be in place. Can and I think they do it already you? somehow. Yes, um, it is. It is very much in the in the community's best interest. If they're uh, oftentimes these lots have been, for all practical purposes, abandoned, and so we're keeping them. And 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 if there is an opportunity to make productive use of that, we today we bring the item back to the board, asking that you waive certain um, penalties and fees. So. Um, what I believe Commissioner Udine is indicating it, that, you know, there may be um, situations where we can't get to the agenda in a timely basis and we wouldn't want to for forego an opportunity to see um, that property put back into good use. And so that's something we will we will look and we'll bring back. Okay, great. I had a, I had a uh, motion and a second on this, I believe, right? Did you want to speak? Yes, Commissioner yeah. Ryan? If the if the liens on these properties are are not a result result of, of code violations where you have a, a per diem fine, but if they're actually um, the county coming in and um, I guess mowing lots or clearing or, or it, cleaning clearing it. debris, um, is this considered kind of a, like a, a value added service for this lot? And is there some way that we can place some kind of a uh, a lien that is at the level with the uh, ad valorem taxes and we can make it a component of, of ad valorem taxes so that we could uh, have that money uh, recouped to the along, county? Along with a lot of other counties, we used to do that. The Supreme Court has concluded that lot clearing liens are not um, of a sufficient priority to put on the tax bill as a special assessment. Um, that changed only a year or two ago. Okay. Nice try. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, do I have a, uh, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay, that passes unanimously. Uh, we'll item 58, uh, open the public hearing. This is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance, the title, uh, title of which is as follows. An ordinance of the Board of County Commi Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to the Cone of Silence, amending section 1-266 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances to correct the codes reference to the penalty provision for violations of the Cone of Silence. Uh, is there anyone in the audience who would like to speak on this? <coughs> Seeing none, I'll take a motion. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. Item 59, last one for the public hearing. Uh, I'll open the public hearing. This is a motion to consider the enactment of, of an ordinance, the title of which is as follows. An ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida pertaining to the Broward County Tree Preservation Trust Fund. Uh, is there anyone in the audience who would like to speak on this? Seeing none, I'll take a motion. Move it. Second. Second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Okay. Any opposed? Aye. That passes unanimously. Okay. 
At this point, we're going to end the public hearing, and now we're going to open up the Water Control District's public hearing. And the, do, I have a, do I have a motion to open Motion this? to open the Water District public hearing. Thank you, Dr. Second. Okay. All those in favor of opening this? Yes? Aye. Anybody opposed? Okay. The motion, this Water Control District is now open. There's a motion to, to appoint Nancy Mattire to fill a vacant position on the Water Control District number two. Do I have a motion to do that? So moved. Or is that a motion? Public hearing. Oh, this is a public hearing. The public hearing is now open. And is there anyone to speak on this motion to appoint Nancy Mattire? Seeing none, I'll take a motion to appoint her. Second. Okay. okay. Um, all those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Aye. That, that passes you. That I know. That passes unanimously. Is there a motion to close this meeting? Second. All those in favor? Okay. Aye. Okay. That we have just now closed the Water Controls District meeting. Good. We're now on the regular agenda, finally. Okay. And our first item is 67, I believe. Yes. And this is a motion to exercise Broward County's first renewal term for the June 26, 2012 agreement between Wheelabrator Environmental Services and Broward County. Uh, would anyone like to speak on this? County manager would like to speak on this? Uh, just very briefly, um, Vice Mayor, if you, if you recall uh, a few years ago, um, the county um, negotiated some um, changes to the agreement that we had with waste management as they were considering the sale of the wheelabrator um, um, aspect of their business um, to an, another entity. As a result of that, um, county, uh, the county was very um, concerned about the long-term management of our waste. So there were several elements negotiated in the, as a part of that, uh, that sale, obviously, where they needed our support. And with this item, we have the ability to extend for another five years. It does not uh, change the ultimate terms, but what it does is give those communities um, uh, some level of assurity. If you recall, there are several communities that uh, have signed on to our interlocal with Wheelabrator. Right. So this would give them some surety that for the, the five year, the next five year period that they are not dealing with waste issues. It would also give those communities that, um, um, that are looking for alternatives um, for their waste um, prospectively. They may, um, they may have other uh, arrangements. And what this would do is, again, let everybody know that the county um, um, has um, uh, moved forward with that second, with that third five-year um, agreement. The, the rates are pretty much um, set and how they are to be increased. Uh, we believe that that uh, works to our benefit and um, would ask the board support to um, move forward with that. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Ryan. Uh, we have a few new commissioners that may uh, not recall what had happened several years ago. I think, Commissioner Bogan, <laughs> when you came on board, this was like the first issue that you tackled. And um, we ended up uh, resolving the issue, but in doing so, um, we have uh, one facility in Broward County now that, that is burning waste. Uh, and I know that we have a minimum um, commitment, I guess is it 4 million tons annually. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead, Commissioner Epps. Is it a lower amount? Yes, yeah, yes, sir. Four hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. Four hundred thousand. Well, I'm sorry. Four hundred thousand. <laughs> zero here, a zero there. Uh, Make me twitch. <laughs> I know. But um, uh, I think they have capacity far above uh, the four hundred thousand tons annually, and um, so I mean, what message is this for uh, municipalities that may um, now have either escalating rates or have uh, determined that the waste uh, in their waste stream is going to a landfill as opposed to an incinerator. And, and I think we have, uh, you know, some responsibility here through the state statute. I believe, you know, we are in some manner responsible to have uh, the disposal of, of all waste or have facilities that can accommodate the disposal of all waste in Broward County. So um, I, I'm curious to know how much additional capacity we have and, and, and what are we doing to perhaps try to incentivize the cities to come on board with this existing contract? Because it seems like it would benefit not only the cities, but the county in general. And I believe you're working on that, that committee, so you may want to join in on this, Mayor. But if you could give us kind of a, a brief uh, statement on that. Well, the, the, the facility that we currently have um, burns about 800,000 tons, um, has the capacity to do that. Uh, we're actually looking um, at um, if there's an opportunity to, to add an additional burner that would um, get us as close to maximizing that facility as we possibly can. But what this would do uh, right now, um, the wheel operator has uh, a contractual obligation to meet our needs, whatever those needs are up to a limit. Because we're not at 100% of the capacity, then they burn waste from other communities. So there's uh, a real opportunity long, long term, um, if this is something that our municipalities would like to do, I'm not suggesting that they, this isn't some, something that they have to do, as you've indicated, that um, as a county, we have the responsibility to identify um, places where waste can be uh, dis um, waste for disposal, and um, we've done that. But if we want to provide just that next opportunity for those that that chooses not to choose not to landfill but to burn, that this is uh, an opportunity that we certainly want to um, pursue. And the fact is, when, with the garbage that is taken there, we actually get more recycling credits. The, the fact that it gets burned, it gets a, a double amount of recycling credits. Our goal, or the state's goal that we're supposed to reach is 75%. Mm -hmm. And we were at 60, we've gone down to 54% now because a lot of has, like you said, has been sent to landfills. This is an opportunity for, if cities want to take advantage of this opportunity, there's a, there, I think Article 12 is a piggyback article that they can take advantage of. And what, it, is, it is a close call whether or not there's enough capacity there if every city joined in. But with what we're trying to do in terms of trying to create a state-of-the-art uh, recycling center, if we're able to do that, and that's what we have out on the street right now with the consultant of trying to figure out how to do that, if we're able to do that, then we would be able to divert enough toward recycling that we would have capacity. So this is, this is a, uh, a good thing to pass, and I think it's an opportunity for those cities that would like to take advantage of it. Um, and uh, I, would, I would suggest they take a look at, if they're they interested, Article 12. Uh, do I have a motion to approve? So moved. 
Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Okay, that passes unanimously. Uh, let's go to 68. This is, we're going to take 68, 75, and 82 together here. And the, we have three nominations for two positions, I believe this is right. Um, how would we like to do this? Would we like to do a vote? I, I think Commissioner Wexler served on it before, and we might as well just yeah. move uh, Commissioner Wexler forward. And, and Commissioner Hunchowski, uh, Mayor Hunchowski is on the board right now. Okay. She's the secretary. It's time for her reappointment, and I'd, I'd like to see her uh, as the second person. She's on the board right now. And, uh, Mayor, I, sure, I, I, my question is, I mean, generally we defer to uh, our colleagues that, that have uh, an appointment or a nomination in this regard. I mean, who who are the um, are the commissioners that would would be in line to make these appointments? I guess are you the, one commissioner? The, the, the reason that they're no. here is that these were um, uh, we placed an item on uh, a, a subsequent I mean a previous agenda, letting the entire board know that that um, these positions um, are were available for nomination. So they don't. They are not owned These by a large. particular. So, so there's no particular commissioner that, that we would show deference to as no. as an appointment specific to that commission role. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah. Rich. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Mayor, if you're ready, I, I, I'll make a motion. Just a moment. I've got Commissioner Rich first, yeah. and then I'll take your. Well, I just thank uh, wanted to thank uh, Commissioner Holness for uh, the, uh, the the gesture that he just made about about this because I do think that uh, Commissioner Wexler has served. Uh, admirably mm -hmm. uh, on this and uh, this is an area where she has tremendous expertise Correct. and uh, have been a former school board member and a county commissioner mm -hmm. and um, I, I just think uh, that uh, she would well represent us you know uh, on, on that yeah, I think so would well represent us on that so I would hope that uh, we could uh, pass her uh, I, I've been on that board and she is a tremendous asset to that yeah. board yes so um, have I yes. And, and Mr. Mayor Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Geller. I, I think I have. And then the, Commissioner okay. Holness. I'm sorry. If you will. Okay. Actually, Commissioner Holness, then Commissioner Geller. One sec. Go ahead. Yes, the three of us that have put names in myself, Commissioner Udine, and Commissioner Rich. Uh, mm -hmm. Since both of your candidates have served before, I will draw mine. Thank you. Okay, so I, I think we had settled. Right. And with that, I make a motion. Okay. So the, the, to clarify the motion, the, the two representatives will be Lois Wexler and, and okay. Um, and there's a motion to approve on that? Oh, sorry. Which, which was going to be my motion, Mr. Mayor? Okay. What, did, Just a moment. This I'm may not, have been asked and answered, but when will there be another appointment available? No, Does anyone know when? I, I would have to. I, I would have to reach out to staff. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll get. I'll get you an answer to that. Okay. It, it, okay. At that point, I'd be. Very supportive of your point, your nomination, because he's Commissioner Geller. Did you hear the motion? Yes, I did, and it's exactly the same motion I was going to make. And I, I agree with Commissioner Lamarca's remarks that this is nothing uh, against uh, Mr. Gellin. It's just that you've got uh, Commissioner Wexler, who is superbly qualified, and you have the current secretary in Mayor uh, Hunshovsky. So I completely agree with the motion. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll take a motion to approve. Yeah, we so move. Second. Okay. This All those. 70, 70, this is 68, 75, and 82. So, 
So with my with 75 and 82, this right. satisfies all of them. Yeah. Satisfies all of them. Yeah, with my withdrawal, it's a three you have two, so my motion is that we uh, appoint the two that's remaining. Okay. Second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. That passes unanimously. Uh, congratulations to those two. We will now go to item 74. 71 was on consent. So uh, item 74 is Office of County Attorney to analyze the actions taken by the Broward Metropolitan Planning Organization. This was brought up by Commissioner Bogan. Would you like to speak on this? Was not As a member of the MPO uh, last year, I was informed by our county attorney's office that some actions taken by the MPO may not may or may not be legal, and um, and they wanted and this is to give them the authority to investigate. And if something that our county attorney's office feel was done improperly, to give them the action to move forward. That's it. Anyone else like to speak on this? I'll speak on this. If no one else. Um, I appreciate I appreciate the idea of wanting to go and analyze this. But I think we, I don't think we want to do threaten legal action on this. And there's a couple reasons why. Um, when we looked back, and I, the county attorney looked back, we had actually, there's a, couple, there's a couple things going on there. I think we want to be in a position where we're, one, we're working with the MPO. But earlier, we had, at our own volition, only, only asked to have three people on that, on that board. That's less than what the percentage was because the, the standard in the statute actually requires, says 20%. But there's two different parts of that statute. So we're, we're kind of less than we already should have. We, we should have had four plus um, the SFRTA because that shouldn't count as one, correct? That, that's a separate it's altogether. A separate. Right. With them moving to 25, we actually should have five plus um, the SFRTA. What, what, it, what it says to me is this. This is an opportunity for us to kind of reset, do a reset, and, and actually have a, a chance to talk with, they're our partner, and we, we, we're going to wanting to go forward. When I look at what's happening in Miami-Dade, and that MPO and, their, and, their, and the County Transit Authority, they're working very well together. They are, they've developed a smart plan, they're, they're in fourth gear. We're kind of in neutral, because we're not, we're not working the same way. We're just not. We're just not. So, this is a chance, I think, to open up the discussion. It, we probably should have, when it came when it came before us a year ago, that would that would have been the time to do the discussion. I don't know why we didn't have that then. Um, and before, I'm, I want to ask the county attorney if you want to elaborate a little bit or elucidate on on what, <coughs> what some other possibilities could be on it's this. It's the pleasure of the board. Um, if you like, we can do this incrementally. We can do a, a full analysis and present you with a memorandum that shows what the history's been on this and what the statute and the interlocal agreement provide for. Um, and then we can pause and wait for further direction from you at that point. We can write a letter based on our research um, and come back before litigation. <coughs> it's really the pleasure of the board. Because the, SF, the SFRTA also has not signed this. Correct. And, and it's a question as, as to whether or not it had to be signed. I think your opinion is that it did need to be signed, correct? Certainly by the county. Certainly by the county. So, so it's an opportunity to open that discussion. Commissioner Bogan, I see you're, you're dying to talk here. Yeah. Okay. So I won't be diplomatic. Um, 
Uh, several of our county commissioners sit on the MPO beam, and um, um, in all honesty, um, they give us very little respect. Um, uh, Commissioner Ryan has been trying at times to make a motion. They wouldn't recognize him. Uh, I don't feel that they follow the Roberts rules of order, even though their attorney claims he does. I represent hundreds of corporations that have to follow Roberts rules of order, and there are things that go on there where I don't believe they've given the county any uh, deference or respect. Um, the, way, the reason we waited was because of the penny sales tax. We wanted to wait, and um, the, ideally, it's great to work together uh, and to, you know, that's the goal. I agree with you. But when your attorney that you have here says that there may have been a, uh, an action taken that may be illegal or a violation of our contracts or whatever, I, I think, one, it's important to determine if it is. And they've taken, and, and second, um, I, I think that the only way to, personally, uh, I believe the only way to start uh, getting some respect and where our county commissioners are listened to is by not, uh, by standing up for what's right. And, um, and so that's, you know, uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm in the, I was in the meetings okay. with, when Commissioner Ryan tried to, you know, uh, even make a motion, and they wouldn't even recognize it, which was in violation of Robert's rules. So um, all, forgetting everything I just said, your attorney has said what action they took was not proper, was not in accordance with our agreement, and I think that we should not be uh, waving that off. In addition to that, though, I think what is, I, I think we should be asking for more representation on there. And, but we've given some of that up in previous, um, uh, in previous action. And, and I think we, that, this is a, a chance to actually revisit that and say, let's have the proper amount of representation and look at that. I'm going to go to Commissioner Lamarca. I think you had, did you want to speak? You know, it's interesting when, you, when, when we dealt with the half penny at the uh, municipal level and a half penny at the county level, uh, that was 50-50. We're not asking, well, how many members are on the MPO right now? So 21? 25. 25. We're not asking for 12 and a half. We don't, of course, we don't have 12 and a half, but we're not asking for 50-50. But, um, you know, I served on it for all but one year. Um, one of our former members, I think, was uh, was actually stated here that she was afraid I was going to privatize every road in Broward County, but I promise you I wouldn't do that. Um, but it was it was a good experience, and I think we should have we should have the proper representation. Whatever that number is, it's not enough right now, clearly. And, um, you know, the board has been represented and, and represented well at times, but represented by the same, some of the same people have been chair for many, I don't know who's chair now, but it was for many, many years. Um, and he did a good job, but, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a different mentality from the city to the county level. We have different services and requirements that were, and resources we're responsible for funding. So um, I think we should, uh, we should have a little better representation on that board. Uh, you know, I, Commissioner Lamarca is actually touching on the point that, that I wanted to make is um, you have different priorities um, on the MPO with uh, municipal members versus uh, the county commission members. I mean, we on the county commission try to look at a regional approach and transportation as to what benefits the entire county. And for better or for worse, the municipal officials are always looking at what is going to benefit their particular city. And so there's this five-year capital plan and certain projects within municipalities, within municipalities come on and off, you know, and they're reprioritized through the MPO at recommendations that I think comes from the staff 
and I believe it it draws some type of, of um, uh, dependency of some of the municipal officials upon the staff and, and less of a focus on what the regional needs are uh, for Broward County. So, you know, if we add an additional member and then uh, an additional four members from the munis municipalities, I mean, you have a board that is so cumbersome, you've got like 25 members, and this idea of, of adding uh, an additional five members was something that, that um, never really had the support of the county commission. It was, um, it was voted on when there was only one county commissioner that was at that MPO meeting, and the, uh, the attorney for the MPO uh, took that vote as the authority to be able to increase the membership. And so, you know, I've spoken with the county attorney on this, and uh, I think it's clear that the interlocal agreement states that uh, increases in the membership will be by agreement of all of the interested parties. The county never had a vote on it. I think that you're going to find with um, uh, a legal opinion, if, if we seek it from uh, the county attorney, uh, is going to confirm that. Uh, I would recommend that we go ahead and we get that opinion and a letter be sent to the MPO first to, to um, expressly state that uh, this county uh, is going to um, enforce the terms of the interlocal agreement and if they choose to uh, continue with a, a membership that is not in agreement with the county commission that we take uh, necessary action to, uh, uh, to have uh, membership in compliance with the interlocal agreement. So I would support going forward with this uh, with Commissioner Bogan's item. Commissioner Richard, do you want to speak? Um, I, I just, I, I guess I'm, I'm concerned about the fact yeah. that in an attempt to expand the membership, I mean, it, it further dilutes. We could put almost all of us on there and it wouldn't matter. And, and that's the problem. So I don't think, I think we need to put more people on, but on a, on, on a membership that still has 19 and not 25. So that's what I would support. Commissioner Holmes. Yes. Uh, I've been there for a while, and, 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 and clearly uh, we're not where we ought to be. Uh, there, there are some items where we find common ground, uh, but often uh, it, it is an us against them. It ought not be that way. It ought to be that we work together. And, and, and I think one of the big issues that we have, the, uh, Commissioner Ryan alluded to, the fact that they are more parochial in their approach, and we are looking at the whole region, uh, and, and, and the east-west transportation system that we talked about doing something that Central County, that clearly, if, if you were there, you'd see the vote lined up with, with what was certain interest rather than the total interest of, of the people. We also saw that again, even, even though we objected to it, it still, it still went through. We saw that again with the, uh, the, the, the realignment of the WAVE system. That was something that was brought on at the last minute. We weren't in support of it as, as the entity that's going to end up operating the system. It went through. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the, the penny tax 
in my mind, was basically pulled away from us. And, 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 and we compromised beyond what was rational in my mind to ensure that we have a transportation system that covered all of Broward County adequately. And, and we end up losing on, 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 at the ballot box because we, the people supported transportation. They didn't support infrastructure that was also being put out for bond issues on ballots in many of these very cities that were voting at the same time. Uh, so I'm in support of us going forward with this. I'm hoping that at some point in time, uh, our members and the MPO recognize, yes, they, they have interest for their cities, but they have to take a, back, a stand back sometimes and look at the whole county because it affects them. I mean, there was some conversation, well, you know, certain cities, we don't need a transportation tax or people are not going to write it. Well, you know what, they, they drive on the streets. And, 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 and it's going to take them more time to get to work and from work. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a big issue. I, I think the, the suggestion that our county attorney make to do an incremental approach uh, is the right way to go, to come back to us, to get the letter out, uh, and, and then to take further action if necessary. Mr. Mayor, if you can add me to the... Okay. I'm sorry, I thought you'll be after you were done, sir. You'll be after Commissioner Udine. I support what, what Commissioner yes. Ryan and Commissioner Holmes just said. I think they're saying two different things, though. Well, they're saying that they want a full-blown report, a full-blown legal opinion back from the county attorney to come back to us before we actually file the lawsuit. They want the okay. details of what... Right. If, if I could... you're saying as well? Commissioner Udine, if, if I could clarify... Uh, I would like for the county attorney to come up with an opinion, and if it is consistent that the interlocal agreement requires uh, approval of both the county commission and the MPO to increase membership, that, that she be authorized, the county attorney, to write the letter right. and, and to expect a response in a time certain, to, to include you know, a response in a time certain from the MPO. And, and then from there, bring it back to us before, before we authorize legal right. action. Yeah, and the reason I say that is because we're seeing this every day play out. And if they, they have a problem with this particular issue, set some of these joint meetings with the MPO down here at 9.15 or 9.30 in the morning. Because Commissioner Rich, myself, and everybody here sees this. You can no longer drive in this county. So the parochial issue-by-issue issue thing has got to be resolved, and it's got to be resolved pretty quickly or there's going to be a big problem. So there can be meetings with 25 people. There can be meetings with 10 people. We need to get off the meetings and we need to start, or they need to get off the meetings, and we need to start getting done with some action because if we don't, it's going to hurt everybody. So I support the idea of a full-blown legal opinion, a letter sent, but not filing suit till it comes back first. I mean, the agreement's the agreement. It's not going to be that complicated to figure it out. Let me have Commissioner Geller first. Commissioner Geller? Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I agree with the uh, comments that I've heard. I'm just not sure that uh, what effect having this letter or even filing a lawsuit will accomplish. And the reason that I'm saying that is it is clear to me, as it's clear to I think most of the members of the commission, that there is a vast gulf right now on a lot of the transportation issues between the cities and the county. And regardless of whether whether the increase passes or not, we're still somewhere between 20 and 25 percent 
of the total membership. And I'm not convinced that what we're doing is going to change how they're treating us, which I agree has been with disrespect. Um, I'm hoping that we, in addition to this, we can try and come up with some other ways and other strategies, because uh, while I agree with all of the sentiments that have been expressed, I'm not certain that the action we're about to take is action that will change that. Commissioner Bogan. Yeah, to finish, um, certainly doing what we've been doing, which is nothing, is getting us nowhere. And, um, and uh, I think that if we stand up and start taking some action, um, it can only, I think, you know, certainly can't do any worse. I'm willing to amend my motion to um, Commissioner Ryan's first suggestion of that we're giving our county attorney the, the authority to go and give us a legal opinion, investigate, come back to us, and then we decide what to do. Could, could you add to that um, the part where the hit some of the history that shows why we have less than we normally would have because we're actually less than we normally would know yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yes, all those in favor Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Okay Yes, yeah, so the motion was yes, he, he changed the motion. Do you might second I think so you might Okay yeah, Sorry about that very quiet. He usually likes to do both first and second, but he can't do that this time. Okay, we'll go to uh, item 84. <laughs> and this is a motion to adopt a resolution, the title of which is as follows. Resolution of the Vice, Board of- Vice Mayor. Can, yes. If I might, um, 78 had remained on the regular agenda. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. 78 is a motion to approve county sponsorship of the Florida Immigrant Coalition and Community Access Center. Commissioner Holmes. I thought that was all. Well, thank you. Are you pulling? You, you asked that it be left on. Okay. I asked it to be left on. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Commissioner Lamar. No, I, I just, the, the language is a bit vague. Just basically county sponsorship of the Florida Immigrant Coalition and the Community Access Center, so county staff and resource may be used to support commissioner's solicitation of charitable contributions. What does that mean and what is the fiscal impact and what are you exactly looking for? Seems that my good friend to, to my right, which sits to my left, wants to help me with some funding on the items I've brought today. So, so basically, as you know, uh, Commissioner, that if myself or uh, my office are to utilize the, uh, the phone or send a fax or send an email in support of any fundraising effort for any nonprofit organization, it needs to come here first for us to be able to do that. Now, I've been working with uh, these organizations. Uh, we completed uh, between last year and this year almost 1,400 applications. 65% of, uh, of the people who came uh, to these citizenship uh, events were able to uh, get their application completed free of cost uh, with review by several attorneys uh, without paying one penny even to the federal government because they are low income. Uh, so this is an effort for me to be able to 
expand this a little bit. Uh, the support is being from Florida Immigrant Crop Coalition, SEIU, uh, the uh, many bar association, uh, Caribbean Bar Association, TJ Reddick Bar, uh, the Haitian Bar Association, uh, members of the Hispanic Bar, several of our universities, uh, law, law, law students associations, NOVA, <laughs> FIU, FAU, Barry uh, has engaged in this effort, uh, but it does cost. And, and Flick, uh, Florida Immigrant Coalition, had some funding previously. Their funding is pretty tight now, and, and they're looking to get some assistance in order to do this. It would be great if we uh, were to really expand this to do something similar to what Miami-Dade has done. And, and, and that might be coming forward uh, to where they have a Cities for Citizenship uh, program where the county actually puts some funds in uh, along with uh, Citibank and, and other entities to really make this a more robust effort uh, so that those uh, residents who are here, uh, these are permanent legal residents, some have been here as long as 50 years and has not done their citizenship application, many because they're intimidated by the system, some because of time and cost. Uh, when someone completes this, it's a huge change. They, are, they feel so much more a part of this great nation, uh, and it helps them also. It helps folks uh, better able to access certain jobs, and it's an economic tool for us as a county to be able to grow the economy and, and, and to get people into uh, a position where they can make more money. So this is, this is a cause uh, that I have engaged in uh, without utilizing my office or my staff to raise any money for. Okay, so that was a wonderful speech. Heartfelt, as an immigrant yourself, I can, I, I can feel how positive you are about this, but you still didn't answer my question. What is, I was looking for what the fiscal impact, what the county is actually gonna I, do. Because typically when we, when we do something ourselves, we can, whether it's for a, an organization, uh, if we're soliciting funds, we don't have to come to this board. We can fill out a, a form and submit that. Would, would the attorney please uh, correct uh, Commissioner? I believe what Commissioner Holness is asking is for the board's approval for him to use his own office resources okay. to make calls. Okay. So there's no, fis there's, no, there's no fiscal impact on the okay. county. Uh, what, what this does is and I'm, I'm pretty cautious these days because uh, a few years ago, my office inadvertently sent an email that was sent to us. And we sent it out for a child who had sickle cell. That well, we all know a lot nine, more about sickle cell now because you that. I was, <laughs> was nine years old, and I was called no, I understand. I understand. For, for, for so that. This is, exactly. Okay. That's what this is doing. Okay. But, but I'll be happy if you're willing to... Uh, amend the motion to, to, to put some money in it. Listen, I would, al I would always, uh, you know, we, we heard from a speaker a couple week, few weeks ago uh, who was the head of our FBI in Miami who was uh, uh, an immigrant with a great story. Our superintendent uh, recently posted some pictures from his spring break trip in Jamaica of the three-room shack that he grew up in, and he went to Harvard, and his oh. kids went to three Ivy League schools. I think it's fantastic. But when you supply things like stop the criminalization of immigrants, I don't know that I don't know that I agree with that because immigrants I don't believe are being criminalized. I don't think any different in this community. And uh, when we don't want to start defining legal issues, the issue is we've, we've all of a sudden adopted, and it's your talking. Everybody here is talking points. We now use the word immigrant 
as a synonym for illegal immigrant. And there's a difference. There's a much difference. Because you're trying to help people become citizens. They, could, they cannot do that. Those folks are legal, correct? Correct. So in definition of this term, stop the criminalization of immigrants, that I, don't, it, I don't believe that what, is What you have accurate. in front of you is, is a pamphlet from uh, Flick. I understand. Is a partner with this. This is not what I'm saying. Wait, can, I'd like to add a, a friendly amendment. I'm actually, Wait, can, I, excuse I, me. actually still have the floor. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, yes. No, I'm not kidding. Mayor, Mayor you, come on, you, get control of no, this thing. No, he does still have that. Uh, so, so I'm, happy to, I'm happy to support this, but you know, I, think we, I think a lot more of us on this board than I do some of the folks uh, outside, the, uh, outside of this community and, and in Tallahassee. Um, and at least I have a you know, first-generation American in my family. I know you, you are, uh, your, your kids are all first-generation. So I support you doing this. Um, and I just wanted to know what the fiscal impact is. That, that was it. Do I have a motion? I think, I think you have, have a second. I just, I, I just want to I was just going to add a friendly amendment that if they hire felons and attorneys are right in that, you know, in that range, just to forget it was trying to be funny. But uh, <laughs> we have a motion and yeah. a second. Nice try. <laughs> Because yes. I, I just think it's important to make the difference here. Um, Commissioner Holmes, I support this. Thank you. And I support the Relay for Life. These were the same thing in my mind. And quite frankly, I'm not really taking a position on these happen to be both 5013C charities that you want to do this so your office and any one of our offices that wanted to do something right. can get around the different ethics entanglements to do it. If you forward a Facebook post, in some cases, you might be, Invited that's all to, you're doing. There's right, no yes. money. That's different than what we've talked about before over the last couple of meetings, where we've actually put dollars out for charitable things. We've done the last two meetings now. Right. We did it for the library, or the one you had. We did it today in Commissioner Lamarca's request, and we supported it. For the Florida Reefs. For the Florida Reefs. Okay. So I, I theoretically support that, but I don't support doing it in the way where now nine commissioners come up and we're going to be diamond sponsors for different charitable events. Because they're all great. All the charitable events are great. We should have a process that should come through with budgeting, through administration, to tell us what these should be. This, this is different than what... I, right. If anybody brought something and they had a 5013C charity that they supported, I would support them pretty much. So, so if, if I may, Mayor. So I'll support the motion, but just yeah. as a comment in the future when the county is spending real dollars. And, okay, Commissioner and, Bogan. And, Commissioner Bogan is first and then Commissioner Holmes. Okay. You're done? Okay. Yeah. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me add to Commissioner Udine's comments uh, that with the new ethics rules that we've put in place, it's, it's, it's a little more tedious. You have to tread in a certain way in order to not violate uh, those rules. Uh, for my district, we rely heavily on help from nonprofit organizations and, and throughout the county, probably more heavily in mind than, than others because of the ex extra needs that, that exist there. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that at some point in time, and even with the other items you pointed out that were brought here and someone can bring, I think a better way for us to do this uh, and, and, and the items I bring, I usually don't ask for any money because I don't want to go through all that craziness. Uh, uh, but I think what would be appropriate is that there's a budget that each office has access to within their budget to be able to do this. And those items can be brought back to the commission uh, to, to, to be vetted I'm, I'm further, ask if we need be. I'm ask we so that on. might be something that we do through a budget process. In Lauderhill, okay. we had a similar situation. And, okay, and, and they were able to get... 5,000 per commission, small amount, 
but at least they had the access to be able to do that. And, and you know that you can rely on this source to be able to do X, Y, Z and budget for that and plan for that throughout you. I'm going to ask that we stay yeah. on topic on this yeah. okay. so we can finish. And we're gonna, it is we're on gonna, topic. I, I, it I, is I, on topic. Well, it's, like to it's different that. from the agenda item. So it's it is on topic. It's not I'm, exactly I'm on okay that. with seeing something like that in the future. Okay. And I also think that you're in a different situation because the county, in many cases, is acting like the municipal government for the unincorporated. Relay for Life, all of the cities that we live in, their city commissions have been, you know, have done things. They did it in all three of four of my cities. So I understand what you're saying. I just like to see a process when we get towards budgeting so it doesn't become every week one, one of the nine members. And I'm not talking about what you're talking about. I agree with what you're talking about. I'm talking about when it's monetary dollar ships to sponsor. You're talking about something different. I support it. I'll vote for it. Okay. I'm going to take a, uh, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay. All right. Wait. Hold on a second. Did you make, was a motion made? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You made okay. I second the motion. I, I, I didn't hear that. Portion. Okay. 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 Do we need to vote again? <laughs> All those in favor again? Aye. 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 All those votes. Okay. Aye. That passes unanimously. Uh, last one is 84. This is a motion to adopt. A, oh, first of all, we need a motion, motion to, to extend. extend the meeting. All, okay. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Okay. Motion. Opposed. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, this is 84. Uh, Commissioner Holness, you want to bring this up? Yes, I, I would like, we, we have members of the audience that have sit here patiently waiting to speak on this issue uh, from Career South, South, Source South Florida, Mr. Beasley. If I could have the audience uh, speak and, and, and then I'll go ahead. This, this is an effort while they, while they come up. It's an effort to ensure that we are creating opportunities for people who, have, uh, who are citizens who are returning. Uh, from or jails or prisons to be able to become productive and, and get an opportunity to work and have uh, credits given uh, to corporate entities to encourage them to hire okay. these folks. Uh, if, okay, if, we have four speakers. Yeah, yes. Uh, Julio Pitti. Put me into the queue, please. I'd be glad to. Philip Tavernier, Thank Rick you. Beasley, and Jimmy Nickerson. Let's start with Julio. Julio's left, okay. Uh, Philip? Okay. Floor is yours. Yes, good morning. Uh, first and foremost, I uh, thank God for this opportunity to be here today and have a voice and something to say. My name is J. Philip Tavernier. Uh, I reside 19821 Northwest 2nd Avenue, Miami Gardens, Florida. And on behalf of the Circle of Brotherhood, whose motto is black men solving their own community's problems in the Employ Miami Day program. I came to speak on behalf of agenda item resolution 84, which is the resolution to support the passage of SB 276 and House Bill 275's bills that will create a tax credit for employers hiring and creating employment opportunities to enforce citizens returning from incarceration, otherwise known as ex-offenders. A basic duty of government is to provide for the safety and positive growth of its individuals. Several years ago, I sat on the Miami-Dade County Prison Reentry Task Force, which came together because it was a known fact that Florida prisons were arguably unconstitutionally overcrowded and a huge influx of ex-offenders particularly those convicted of nonviolent crimes, would be leaving incarceration and reentering society, particularly in South Florida. Well, that time is now. 
There are basically three ways to make a living in this society. You'll either own a business or work for someone else. You'll rely on some type of welfare, public resistance, or you'll resort to some type of illegal activity or some combination of those three. Without the opportunity and ability to provide for self and family, an individual will resort to whatever means there is to get food, clothing, and shelter. The passing of Resolution 84 for SB 276 and HB 275 will help those who are branded with the scars of being an ex-offender with more opportunities to do for self in a gainful and positive way. These bills help to level the playing field. Lastly, there's an African proverb that says, treat other people's children right so people will treat your children right. So in light of all that was previously mentioned, please grant those well-needed tax credits to businesses that hire returning citizens because passing these bills is a matter of public growth, development, and safety, as well as a means to support and build local businesses. As Commissioner Holness eloquently stated earlier, if we don't have a workforce, we're going to be in trouble. The passing of Resolution 84 helps to create that workforce necessary to steer Broward County closer to fiscal fitness, growth, and development, and away from impending trouble. In conclusion, we implore you to pass Resolution 84 for the sake of Broward County, South Florida, and generations to come. Thank you for listening. Uh, Rick Beasley? Is Jimmy Nickerson here as well? Okay. Good afternoon to the commission. My name is Rick Beasley. I am a resident of Broward County. I reside at 1053 Southwest 146 Terrace, Pembroke Pines. In my day job, I'm the executive director uh, of Career Source South Florida. Uh, we run the workforce agency from Dade to, to Monroe County. Uh, we are in support of um, agenda item 84 because it provides an opportunity to create a tax credit and incentive to help employers, particularly small employers, uh, hire uh, returning citizens, or in, in other words, ex-offenders. Uh, as a workforce agency, uh, we spend over $60 million in our community. Uh, the issue for our board was uh, if we're spending these dollars, what policy issues do we need to address to ensure that citizens have an opportunity for employment? And so with that, we um, work with our commission as well. Uh, Dade County has passed it, a number of municipalities, as well as the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce has supported a resolution to send to Tallahassee to support Senate Bill 276 and House Bill 275. With that, we ask you to support this item. We think it's very necessary for, the, for our respective communities. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Beasley. Uh, Mr. Nickerson? Good afternoon, Commission Mayor. Um, I won't be long as we've been here uh, for some time now. I just wanted to say that I stand in agreement with the two speakers prior to myself um, in support um, of this item, item 84. I would urge you to support it as well. Um, I've had the privilege and pleasure of working with this challenged population in my previous employment as a workforce career source advisor. So I ask you all to, to support this item. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Um, Commissioner Ryan and then Commissioner Martin. And don't forget me, Mr. Chair. Okay. The, the amount of, of tax credit that's being offered for um, both large companies and small companies that will hire persons who have been convicted of a felony is small here in relation to, you know, the tax credits that are given out for so many other reasons. Uh, this one is really uh, something that, that um, focuses on the toughest of persons 
to get employment. Uh, I serve on Career Source, the Broward Workforce Development Board. Um, my executive director, Mason Jackson, has called me and uh, wanted me to announce uh, that he is completely in favor of this. Uh, it's an effort really to reduce recidivism and to uh, offer an opportunity for persons who want to work to be able to reintegrate into society. The cost to, to house one prisoner is larger than the, than the median income of an average family of four in the state of Florida. So it's very expensive uh, to house persons. It's very difficult for persons who come out of prison to, uh, to get a job. This provides one more opportunity uh, to hire those who are the most difficult uh, to get employment here in Broward County and throughout the state, so I do support it. Okay, Commissioner Lamarck. Um, so just so I'm clear, we're in support of House Bill uh, 275 and Senate Bill 276. We have no ability to help pass that other than we're doing this in support, just like uh, we do uh, for things like Enterprise Florida, whatever it might be. So we're giving them our support. Um, I'm, I'm in complete support of this. Um, I appreciate Mr. Uh, Mason Jackson's comments. The only thing I would say personally is the, the gentleman that came up to speak uh, first was very eloquent, but he gave us three options or some uh, combination thereof. One was uh, find gainful employment, own a business, work for someone else, uh, or be on welfare, or the fourth option was turn to something else. And I don't believe that uh, this, is a, this is a positive conversation. We, don't, uh, we should interject or find some other way to clothe or feed your family uh, because if someone's coming out of incarceration, the last thing that they want to do is go back to that. So we're going to do something positive and support this, but saying that the fourth option is to go back and do what, you, what got you in trouble in the first place, I think, is the, is the wrong statement. Commissioner Geller. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I am somewhat torn on this for, for one reason. First, let me say I agree completely with the principle here. Uh, when I was the Democratic leader of the Senate, the, I requested that uh, the top priority of the Senate Democratic Caucus that year be um, to work against legislation, increased legislation that kept making it harder and harder and harder for former felons to find uh, jobs. They kept disqualifying them. So I agree that this is a major issue. I actually do agree with the first speaker uh, that if you criminalize everything and make it so that former prisoners cannot uh, find gainful employment, that you will have a recidivism problem because they will do what they need to to survive. The concern that I have is it's asking us to support two specific bills 275 and 276, neither of which have been heard in a single committee yet. The committees are no longer meeting. Uh, the legislature is scheduled to adjourn a week from Friday. So for us to be passing something saying that we should support, we would like to ask the legislature to pass legislation that has absolutely no chance of passing because neither bill was heard in a single committee you know i question whether this is the correct timing for the let for the resolution i think it might be better the the legislature would be meeting again the session starts in january to send something like this in november or december 
when bills have been filed that might have a chance of passage. Uh, again, I agree completely with the sentiment, but it is not what we're suggesting in this resolution is simply not possible uh, at this point in time. Commissioner Hollis, want to close this? Oh, I'm sorry, Commissioner Rich, and then Commissioner Hollis. Thank you. Um, I, I want to support uh, this very strongly. Um, we support lots of bills that will never pass in Tallahassee. <laughs> I can go down. I could be here for an hour telling you bills that we've supported here in, in every other uh, form of nonprofit organization that, that aren't passing in Tallahassee. Um, the truth is that the best thing we could do is to restore the, this, the rights um, of felons who have paid their debt to society, and then they wouldn't have the barriers, some of the barriers to getting jobs. Uh, that would be one, one part of it. And that's not going to happen either with this legislature. That's going to happen through a constitutional amendment which hopefully will be on the ballot in November uh, that everybody can vote for to, uh, to do what is fair for people who pay their debt to society. But in the, in the meantime, uh, I am in total support of this and will certainly vote for it. Okay, Commissioner Holness, want to wrap this up? Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Rich and, and all of you. Uh, the, civil, the, the restoration of rights is critical indeed. I mean, there are certain professions that if you don't have your civil, your civil rights restored, you can't do it. And at one point in time, you couldn't be a barber, as simple as that, uh, which is really crazy in my mind, that, that we would restrict folks to being able to be productive citizens uh, and, 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 and debilitate our country by having folks who are not productive uh, and making us not competitive with the rest of the world. And as to is it the right time, any time is the right time to do the right thing. And I think this is the right thing that we're doing. I move the item. Second. Is there a second? All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Okay, that passes unanimously. Okay, that concludes all of our agenda items. Uh, mayor's report, I, I am on my way to Washington, D.C. tonight, uh, along with uh, the MPO. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, wait for, can't wait for this trip. Separate flight or same? Yes, yeah, separate flight <laughs> on the way up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yesterday was Earth Day. I had the pleasure to be invited to speak to a group of members at Sierra Club at the Ann Kolb Nature Center. Uh, at the same time, the, actually the day before, I had a countdown to kindergarten with thousands of kindergartners over at Parker Playhouse. A uh, great event with, that was with all of the school board, the, uh, ELC, the CSC, everybody. Tremendous first, first year event for that. It was pretty amazing. I also had, had a chance to thank, I want to thank the organizers, organizers of the Holocaust Remembrance event at Century Village. Um, very well organized and incredibly important. And lastly, I enjoyed having the privilege to chair today's meeting and I look forward to Mayor Sharif returning from Argentina. Thank you. Yes. Test drive. <laughs> All right. And we'll start with. Just very quickly, I had the opportunity to attend a uh, conference yesterday with Congressman Deutsch and the uh, Northwest Clergy Coalition in Carl Springs, Parkland, and, and Northwest Broward, and they're putting together a response task force to respond to different hate crimes and to different vandalisms, uh, vandalism of religious institutions. The mayor of Carl Springs, Parkland, and some other elected officials were there, and uh, I just applaud them for that effort, and those are my comments. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor. You did a fine job chairing the meeting. Thank you. 
Um, I just wanted to mention, I, uh, I had said earlier I'd been in Tallahassee this last week and working a lot on the affordable housing issue, um, but I also want to mention a couple of other things. Uh, behavioral health, mental health and substance abuse. Um, uh, we've put that into our uh, legislative priorities, uh, for which I am you know, very grateful. Um, and uh, um, there are, um, unfortunately, Broward is kind of being discriminated against <laughs> up there when it comes to uh, receiving uh, funding for the multi multidisciplinary treatment teams. So they're called the, the FACT team, the, the, uh, the, the CAT team, and the FIT team. And they're, they're both for children with uh, serious mental health or, or um, co-occurring mental and substance abuse disorders. And every other major county and many of the smaller counties have these teams, Broward does not. Um, somehow we got uh, locked out this year because someone evidently, well, the, la the last thing I heard was that someone changed Broward to Brevard. Um, meanwhile, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm happy to say that our lobbyists are now working on this issue. Um, there have been, uh, there was a strategic plan done by the managing entities, uh, the, uh, the similar to our Broward Behavioral Health Coalition. And the things that they've asked for are not in, um, are not in the budget. Um, some are on one side, some are on the other. We don't know what's going to happen now with uh, this you know, latest uh, um, uh, stalemate going on. But um, uh, we're, we're working hard, and I'm, I'm very happy to say that we have some wonderful uh, new legislators uh, that are working on these issues as well to try and get them into, uh, into the budget. The other, the other thing that is incredibly important, and anybody can call on anybody on the House side, um, the, there's a federal grant coming down for the opioid epidemic. Uh, it is a $485 million national grant uh, that uh, is going to the 50 states, or probably maybe 49 since Hawaii isn't considered really a state, it's an island. <laughs> Um, so, but anyway, um, do, um, my, uh, uh, Florida is supposed to get $27.5 million, and it is in the Senate budget right now to draw down, there's, it doesn't, it's no cost to the state, it's federal dollars. So uh, it's in the Senate budget to draw down, uh, the to have the budget authority to draw down the money, but the House does not have it yet on their side. And we need to make sure that they uh, our, our, our team of lobbyists are also working on that there, but uh, Commissioner LaMarca, maybe you can make a couple of calls. Anybody can make calls. Uh, I've, I've talked with, uh, with some of the people from Broward County, and um, they now have a letter from Secretary Price from HHS uh, in, in Washington, and they have a letter from Mike Carroll, Secretary of DCF, saying that, we, that the money will be coming to Broward counties, I mean, to, uh, to Florida. So there's no excuse anymore that they don't know whether it's really coming or not coming. The letters are there, so we need to make sure that that gets put in the budget because we need to get our fair share of that money here in Broward County since it is an epidemic despite what anybody wants to say up there. And even Secretary Price called it a public health crisis. Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner, um, you did a great job as uh, the acting mayor today. And look forward to you uh, having that role full time. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Vice Mayor Fur, you have passed the audition. I mean, it was a beautiful test lap, and uh, we're so looking forward to having you at the helm next year.
Next year. Next year. Whatever. Wish luck. Technically, it's this calendar year. Yeah, this calendar. Thank you. Just for my dear friend to my right, who's hardly to my right, I do, I do want to identify that I showed him back on uh, April 6th of 2007 when I was chair of the Broward Republican Party, I issued a, proclam or a uh, press release commending Governor Christ on his restoration of uh, felons' rights. I, I, was, I was unaware that the current administration had taken those rights away, uh, as Commissioner Holness has said. Um, clearly, it's an important issue, and we, we, I believe we a third or 35% of the people that are in our jails are, are there for things that uh, are non-productive for them to be there and non-productive for us to be there. That being said, uh, I will also be in Washington tomorrow through Friday with a, a NACO leadership team trying to advocate on some issues that are important. And uh, uh, Commissioner Rich brings up a, a very important point, uh, the opioid, opioid crisis. Um, I'm going to have an item coming up on the forthcoming agenda on the 9th. Uh, asking that our governor and our legislature uh, put that severity on that issue that is a public health crisis because it is. Um, you know, we, we seem to be ground zero. A few years ago it was the pill mills, and, and now it's, it's worse because there are other concoctions that can get to this country without being detected by anything other than uh, going through the mail, and they're killing people. Uh, our, our own medical examiner can fill you in in some pretty alarming numbers. Uh, we also need to make sure when those dollars come down that our first responders, uh, police and firefighters, have Narcan and uh, uh, the other other uh, resources to get these people back and hopefully get them healthy. Um, that's about it. Been uh, busy, but that's what Facebook's for. Well, let me commend my friend, uh, way to my right, who sits on my left. For what he did. For what he did uh, when he was chair of the Republican Party here in Broad County, uh, he's one of the moderates. Charlie Chris did the right thing, and he allowed for felons to have their rights restored. The current governor has done the wrong thing because I think less than 100 people have had their rights restored since he's been in office, which is just cruel uh, for, for, for that to occur, for folks to have served their time, paid a price, and still are not really recognized as full people. It, it's wrong. Uh, but we can all change that, because just recently the, support, the Supreme Court adopted, uh, voted unanimously for the adoption of the language that will go on the ballot next year to have automatic restoration of rights except for those who have uh, uh, committed sex offenses and, and I think one other category. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, now, it's, uh, it's incumbent on us to take the actions necessary. There still need to get 700,000 signatures uh, to get this item on the ballot. I will tell you that I'll be at the front of this in Broad County, and, and I hope that I can count on many of your support to get those signature. I believe we can get at least 70,000 signatures from, from this region uh, to, to get this item on the ballot, and then when it gets there, we all should support it to ensure that we don't have this kind of recidivism that we have 
Uh, we don't have people who are unproductive, who are not able to live full lives, and then we end up paying for them through our welfare system or some other ways. Uh, that's unproductive for us as a nation. That said, this Friday, April 28, I will attend a business economic forum uh, with the most honorable Juliet Holness. She's a member of parliament and wife of the Prime Minister of Jamaica, Andrew Holness. This will be held at the Tower Club at, uh, April, on April 28th at about 2 o'clock. Is anybody going to be attended that's not named Holness? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm hoping the that there's, there's going to be a lot of people there Thank from the business know. community that won't be named Holness, that won't be from Jamaica. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and folks are welcome if they have any interest in, in, in uh, trade or, or business uh, to be a part of that. On Saturday, April 29th, there are three major community events happening uh, at the Urban League. Uh, a major one is community embracing unity in the community from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The goal of the event is to create a culture of peace in the urban communities the Urban League of Broad County is located at 560 Northwest 27th Avenue, right next to the African American Research Library and Cultural Center. And that zip code is 33311. And for more information, you may contact William T. Jackson, 954-625-2511. Again, that's 954-625-2511. Broad Sheriff's Office will host their annual Uniting Broad Community Showcase at Central Broad Regional Park and Stadium, one of GEMS in District 9. This is going to be on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The park is located at 3700 Northwest 12th Place in Lord Hill. Again, 33311 zip code. The event is free for the family. And if you're looking for a job, there will be recruiters there from the Sheriff's Office to assist. And lastly, this Saturday, the YMCA of South Florida will host a Healthy Kids Day from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Plantation Elementary School. And that's located at 61, 651 Northwest 42nd Avenue in Plantation. The YMCA will provide healthy snacks, have sports demonstration, and give a preview of their planned summer camp activities. Thank you. Commissioner Geller, still here? Yes, sir. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Okay. Um, while in Tallahassee, one, I've been working with our uh, legislative lobbying team on a number of issues, including one that just uh, is in the process of being passed now, which would take away our local government's ability to negotiate uh, fair market uh, rental rates for uh, the use of our utility poles for the new 5G service. I have to comment that I find it ironic that the Florida legislature is always commenting on complaining about unfunded mandates, complaining that Washington should not be telling us what to do because local government is better. And then I have never seen a year like this year where the state legislature has been as hostile to local governments saying that they know better than local governments do as to what should be going on. Um, some of the legislation, like the famous HB 17, would essentially amount to the destruction of local governments. And um, 
you know, we've been fighting a lot of this, but I, I, I'm just, you know, concerned. I've never seen the level of uh, uh, that I have this year where the state tries to preempt local government on this many issues. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, That's it. Okay. County Auditor? County Manager? Very briefly, um, we have a new addition to our park system, a micro-apiary. Oh. It's all about the bees. Yes. So we invite Saturday. you to take your children, grandchildren, neighbors uh, to Trade Wind Parks. We're having our little grand opening on Saturday, the 29th at 10 a.m. Yeah. Thank you. County Attorney. Okay. Do I have a motion to adjourn? Motion. We're out of here. Second, second, third. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.